1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Ready? Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week is an industry powerhouse (laughs) and serial entrepreneur entrepreneur from his early days at his quicksilver team writer he forged important relationships that eventually landed him a long career with the brand a us or ucsb and a usc business graduate over here pretty fart smeller smartest guy in the room quicksilver was lucky to snatch this guy up he held a variety of key jobs for many years svp of business development with our buddy danny kwok right oh yeah yeah Chief Operating Officer and then President of the Americas. He's held a lot of titles over there. Since departing Quicksilver in 2015, he's gone off on his own and he's done a plethora of different brands and we're going to find out all about him from co-owning, co-owning a shoe brand, distributing brands in America. Forgot about the shoe brand. Yeah. <laughs> Running shoes. Running yeah. shoes. Yeah. Starting a ice bath company of recent and now his new company colby plus that we're gonna check out products in a minute we're pumped to sit down with the stud muffin over here robert colby and and don't forget to mention the guy fucking rips fucking rips right that's the most important thing about this conversation hey hey dude we're fucking surfers we're fucking surfers and that long list of accomplishments and career milestones but you're a damn good surfer yeah that's 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 the milestone that we really respect and (laughs) and what's crazy is like you know we were talking earlier about you know you are a few years older and when we're doing these quick server workouts and stuff and you know this guy's ripped i'm like wait he's going to college like why isn't he surfing you know like it's just you know a little kid that doesn't know any better you know but 
you and, and Taylor and a bunch of the guys kind of went, you know, through the through the, the school route, you know, and I just, I'm just going to surf. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. you made more money than <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but but uh, what's yeah. incredible is, yeah, you rip at surfing, but you're also a businessman. Yes. And that's what he went to school for. What we, you know, what we, we get, we enjoy talking to good surfers, but we also enjoy talking to entrepreneurs. Yes. And then there's a lot of things you did and we stuff that we left out. Like, yeah, there's other things we'll bring up. But yeah. But let's start with talking about Colby Plus. Can I start by talking about how <laughs> like in awe I was of Linden when I was a little guy? Me? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where? Why? Northside Seal Don't make stuff up, dude. We're, we're no. cutting this part out. Hey, stop <laughs> it. No, like. Northside Seal Beach used to be a special place. Like, it's not anymore. The sand has changed. Uh, but I used to absolutely idolize Linden. Rip the guts out of the left out there with another guy, Joey Zentel. Are you remember. kidding me? I mean, Joey Zentel, yes. I believe yeah. that. Yeah, me? you too, bro. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I believe Jay, it. Jay was a munchkin at the time and, and kind of stuck to... Yeah, you guys are old wow, folks. Wow, dude. <laughs> I'm Jay's really... like four years younger than me. Um, uh, but I always looked up to Lyndon and just thought that Lyndon freaking ripped the bag out of it. Like just, I don't know. I enjoyed being around him in the lineup. He was always nice to me. Um, yeah, dude. I, he has that, you know... He's got... He's, okay, that's... He's a chalkyaki over here. 20 yeah, bucks anyway, too late. What's um, your Venmo? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's... I mean, well, that's, thank you, dude. I, I never thought that... And then, uh, and then I thought, like... Because I quit surfing for a long time, um, believe it or not, and uh, became friends, like, good friends with Jay later on. Like, I think it was probably when Jay bought a house in Seal Beach with ooh. his wife. Um, he and I became friends and went on a couple of surf trips. Yeah, and and I have always been like super in awe of the way that he surfed and the surfed. Kelly Slater. Of but HB. I'm like, yeah, but I'm. I'll take it. <laughs> but I'm. Uh, I think Jay's older brother Kevin yeah. is is a year older than me, so that's who I you know surfed and little competed with. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. No, I mean Jay we, was like the he was like the, the little run. run. Yeah. No, not the little run. Like the little freaking king killer yeah <laughs> yeah I all right okay want to get to this colby plus okay tell us about colby plus um the the, the whole idea you can talk the, i'm just showing product i'm you want yeah, me to try it on no no i'm super fat maybe your model <laughs> i'm 51 well, you guys um, gotta feel this butter the the idea behind it is let's make sure that with any product that we make, whether it's wetsuits, whether it's bags, whether it's leashes or traction or board shorts, that we have uh, an ingredient brand that signals quality to people. I had a really tough time with the last business that I um, that I ran, where you know people wouldn't, based on a direct to consumer pricing model, where you're essentially taking out the retail markup, essentially cutting in half the retail price of a product, people didn't believe that the product quality was going to be there. They thought that they were disposable. They thought that they were, you know, kind of cheap imitations. And so with this, the whole idea behind Colby Plus was 
Colby plus Yamamoto in the case of wetsuits. Colby plus tie zip in the case of our waterproof bags. Colby plus shoulder in the case of our board shorts, which feature uh, Swiss made fabric that's $30 a yard um, that you guys both understand is extremely expensive for a board short. So we wanted to build something that you know, it was just like, hey, we're going to sell it to you at the best price we possibly can. But we're going to also signal to you with the Yamamoto tag in the case of wetsuits that you're you can't get better rubber um, than what you're getting here. So yeah. that was the idea. Well, you know, without talking about name brands and stuff, but that fast fashion trying to get to that lowest price point, you're going to have to sacrifice at some level quality, you know? So you're kind of, you built that into where you're giving the best product, but you're, you're bringing it down because of, again, you're not selling yeah. it at the, the retail, the wholesale markup, you know? Yep. So, and, and that's a big thing. I yeah. mean, we have a little warehouse in Santa Barbara, um, and, and a, and a tight little crew. Uh, and the whole idea is like, this is, it's a surf shop basically, but we, we sell to any, um, any surfers throughout the United States, in Canada, Puerto Rico, uh, in Australia, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. Hawaii. And what's another thing that we talked about before we started um, recording is how you want this to be a legacy, legacy brand. It's not like something you're creating to sell off. No. No. You're, you're creating something that is going to be family owned and operated for years to come. Yeah. Which is what we as, are about, you know, Americans, I think is like, it's an American dream. And we love to hear stories like that. And it's crazy, you know, the, the previous brand you worked for, yeah, I, you created a, a, a different niche, you know, and well, you felt that they filled a void. You know, based on yeah. there was, you know, we hate using the word white space, you know, yeah. because it's like, eh, you know, but everything in the marketplace is, you know, name brand driven, yeah. you know, yeah. but, you know, there's the, the high quality that you're going after. There's only a couple brands and they're really expensive. So it's like, well, you could put out the same product yeah. at a lower price point based on your business model. You We're going to talk more about your your uh, present endeavors, but let's go back. Let's go back to Seal Beach, where it all started. How did you find <laughs> surfing? Yeah. Oh, uh, it was funny. Um, we went to Waikiki. My family, you know, I grew up in College Park East uh, in Seal Beach, which is on the other side of the 405. Mm -hmm. It's technically Rossmore. Seal Beach, but it's basically Rossmore. <laughs> um, and my College mom... College Park East. College Park East. Okay. Yeah. Um Chad Wells and Wickwire and Stamps and all those guys shook like they used to tease me endlessly for this. But of course, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, oh, you're, but, you're on the other side of the freeway. Yeah. You're like five miles away. Stamp, stamps was such an asshole. Like when we go to um, NSSA contest, like Brian Lindsay lived on the other side of the freeway, if I remember correctly. But he would make my mom drive me to his house in Seal Beach before we got on the freeway to go to a Solana Beach contest. <laughs> yeah, he was such a jerk. Oh, I love him. I, dad, I could but... see Steph being that. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> anyway, well, I got into surfing uh, because uh, I had a mom who loved the beach um, and took us to Waikiki 
for my first time when I was probably like 10 years old and just said, literally, you are not getting on the plane to come home unless you stand up on a surfboard. Epic. And I'm like, mom, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I'm a soccer player or whatever the heck I Whatever said. you're in, yeah. Um, and got up on a surfboard and that was it. They bought me... Uh, so um, you didn't touch a surfboard until you were 10? I had boogie boarded because my mom would always take my okay. little sister and I to the beach, but I never stood up on a surfboard. And then when I finally stood up in Waikiki, I came home and I told my mom and my dad, I'm like, all right, I, I want a surfboard. And so they went to Main Street Huntington Beach. They bought me a surfboard that was way too big um, and a wetsuit that was way too cold. And I remember like, imagine your first wave being on a surfboard, Northside Seal Beach in a long arm spring, uh, circa <laughs> 19... Uh, gosh, I want to say like 1982. Like I was so cold. My dad was like worried that I was hypothermic when I got out. Like he was really. And you were probably about tiny. And the suits were so I was bad. Not fat. Yeah. And the suit was like a size or two too big. It was just the wrong suit for the wrong day. What what kind of board did they buy you? It was. Um, it, gosh, who was it? He was a Main Street. Huntington Beach guy. Ballister, yeah. RL. No, it wasn't. No. Carl Hayward. Why, why Huntington? Why not like Seal? Because my mom just said to my dad, like, this is where all the, yeah. the great surfboard makers are. And I'm kind of sad that it wasn't Rich Harbor that yeah. they went to, yeah. um, which is a, a, a story for another time. But um, they, yeah, they got me that board and I waxed it up and surfed that day and came in hypothermic. And I think I got a giant ding that day too. Was it a single fin? Like no, it was a thruster, but all the fins were um, box. They were all box fins, and they weren't official fins. They weren't anything like what we have yeah. nowadays, um, and they certainly weren't what we would have. What we would call like a, a typical box for a single fin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the weird old school total boxes with the screws. Okay, yeah, what a trip. Yeah, and where'd you where'd you surf here? Where was your first session? Uh, it was Northside. Northside Seal. Oh, Northside Seal, yeah. Yeah, yeah Northside right. Seal. What and if, that's where, like, I met you, and, you know, like, that <laughs> that was my spot. Yeah. I love Northside Seal. Northside Seal used to get so freaking good. Jay, did you ever surf there? I did a few times. I'd come down and surf with Ryan or, you know, or, you know, just every once in a while, but... There was no right, you know, it was just there a kink zero left. right. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was just yeah. a kink left, you know, kink left. It was a slingshot yeah. left. Like. It's so weird because you would think, how is there going to be a left off north side of that pier? Because so that was a weird pier. That's a weird pier. Yeah. It's, it's you know? low, tons of pylons, and then they got the wall that goes out like halfway, you know, like yeah. it's uh, a weird setup. So, but it's going, good. How long did you ride that board? Oh, not long. Okay. Yeah, not long. And then I. Um, Were you already friends with Stamps and Wesley? I made I made friends with those guys pretty quickly, um, and they were wonderful to me. Like uh, they were the best. Um, but what I also had um, was an uncle who had a place up in like a, a like a summertime place up in Santa Barbara, and I fell in love with the Channel Island shop as well. So mm. like we would go there, and I'd buy. Some of Jamie George's old boards, or Alexi Usher's old boards, wow. or yeah, I just bringing out some names. So yeah, you quickly like 
got immersed into it and, and was I like hooked. Fell in love with it and um, quit playing this soccer. Is, <laughs> I, yeah, soccer was the last to go. Baseball went quickly. Uh, soccer was was the last to go, but. Uh, I met a guy named Mike Garrett. Do you remember Mike Garrett? Yeah. Yeah. Mike Garrett was really good to me. Nalu. Yeah. And uh, a, Newport and a, Surf and Sport. Newport in Surf the, Company. Yeah, Newport yep. Surf Company. And and he introduced me to Kaina Keala. Kaina Keala was the store manager there. And they just like made me fall in love with surfing. Hmm. Like they really did. They introduced how, me to... How did you connect with him? <laughs> My yeah. mom like took me to South Coast Plaza and we walk into this surf shop, and Mike Garrett was like super nice to me, and I'm like, "All right, like, I'm, mom, I'm gonna be a surfer." Wow. Yeah, super random, very strange. Uh, Mike South Garrett, Coast Plaza, South in the Coast mall. Plaza in the mall. And he's a surfer. Surf company. He's so, a full-on surfer. And immediately, I was introduced to uh, Mike Estrada, uh, Mark Bellinger, R.I.P. Yeah. Um, just Nikolai Glazer, who's still like one of my closest friends, yeah. like this giant group of surfers. How old are you? I was like 13, wow. 12. So you already were surfing. I was a surfing years? a little bit, like yeah. But um, Mike Garrett introduced me to Danny Kwok. Danny Kwok says, "All right, you're going to be on Quicksilver." Wait, and hold on, what? Yeah, yeah, but. You're you're from Seal Beach. Am I Get skipping a, a few? No, but, but <laughs> it's crazy how quickly it happened fast. Yeah, yeah. But most of the time, you you click with like the local shops. Yeah, you know, and, and Seal Beach is really tiny. There's it, Seal Beach is only harbor, right? Well, an in flight. I don't even know if it was. Yeah, there was no in flight. There was no in flight. Yeah, yeah. but and Scott's like, wonderful. But yeah, yeah, it was harbor. But that was harbor. It. You yeah. know, Caton down. But that was yeah. And Glenn, yeah. yeah, there wasn't a lot, I but, but I think Glenn was just playing golf at that point. Yeah, <laughs> but Huntington has a ton of surf shops. That's you know, like yeah. kind of you know. But here you are. How, how did your South mom... Coast Newport Surf Company? And she used to have to take me down there, and then Mike would take me to Quicksilver, and Paul Gomez would like literally throw clothes at me on the West 18th Street. Um, Warehouse, like I was this little tiny kid, and Gomez, I, I love him to death, but like he would throw clothes at me. And he's like, "You like this?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he chuck it at my head, and I grab it, and like I, you know, I didn't have a shopping cart. I basically like whatever I could carry, I would yeah. walk out of there with. So, and that's when Quicksilver, Lyndon, and you remember this, and Jay, you're too young for this, but Quicksilver was on West 18th Street. And it was like a four thousand square foot warehouse. Yeah. Think of that. Yeah. That's like a like a big house. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, when I rode for them, they were already just moved into Monrovia. Which was huge. The big which one. was the yeah. big one. And they're like, yeah, they it was like a fabric warehouse and, and then yeah. I think stylized moved into the front or totally. eventually or whatever. But yeah, that, I I know exactly where that building yeah. is on the right on eighteen. So backtrack a little bit. You're 13. Your mom takes you to the Newport Surf, Com- Surf Company in yep. South Coast Plaza. And how, why did your mom take you there? You just she liked South Coast Plaza. Okay. Um, and, not that. Not not for any particular reason. We found this shop. Mike Garrett was super yeah. cool to me, and I became really good friends with Kaina Keala, um, who was a big mentor to me. Um, like. I would go spend the night at his house, 
we went. <laughs> remember the movie Commando? Is that Arnold the, Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Yeah. Like with the aliens. Like no. it was. Yeah. Basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's so long ago. I would go spend the night at his house, and he would take me to Commando, <laughs> and then we would meet with uh, Kaipo Guerrero the next day, who who I would help do ding repair with. Like I just got a really neat um, indoctrination with. Surfing and, in in the culture and some and pretty the, rad people. Yeah. Well, the the people you're mentioning are so they're part of the culture and industry of surfing in yeah now Orange County now. And, and, and I the didn't tired know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you got so lucky. Your mom. We had Smirk Mangan who was like yeah. Wow, Smirk Mangan and Mike Estrada, who by the way is yeah. a freaking legend. Like legend. Rips hard. We and I had, we've had Mordell and Nikolai and all these, like, and John Lyles and all these just great friends that I made through that Quicksilver connection. But the biggest one um, turned out to be Danny Kwok, who we all know. Yeah. Who's been a huge mentor to all of us. Dude. But, yeah. um, so, I'm sorry to cut you off, but... Please do. <laughs> were you already surfing contests? Kind of, yeah. Were you, what, which contests were you doing? Uh, I was doing like little uh, seal beach contests and a little bit of NSSAs. NSSA. I was getting smoked. I was, you know, whatever, 13 years old in 15 and unders, I think it was, for NSSAs back then. I think it was, yeah, 13 to 15. Huh? Um, but I remember like the first thing that like gave me a little bit of confidence. This was actually a really fun thing. And I still tease Tom about it. But like I was in a heat with Tom Carroll when I was like, 13 or 14 years I'm old. Tom yeah. Carroll? Yeah, and there's another guy, I forget his name, Chris something or other, Craven, Chris Craven. Chris Craven. Yeah. Wow. And, and Regular he footer. ripped. Newport. Like, dude, yeah. ripped. And Got some shots in the mix. Yeah, and I won the heat and like... Against Tom Carroll and Chris Craven. <laughs> like what what event was this? Yeah, <laughs> it was like two foot Newport. It was oh. horrible. And I think Quok totally pushed me. Yeah, but like TC was like lifting me up, and I was like bigger than TC. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is my deal. Yeah. And you, were you already riding for Quicksilver too, or Quack was just like it, that's when Gomez was like throwing clothes. Okay. Yeah. So whatever you call that. But at that time, Quicksilver was, I mean, you know, the people behind it, people involved, it was like buzzing. You know, yeah. like that was the brand. It was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. So and out they, of oh, Seal Beach, your you know, Tim Stamps, Wellesley, Simmons. Those Chaz, guys, yeah. Simmons Chaz, rode for quick, right? Yeah. Uh, Ryan was a little after me. Um, so you, we, Ryan was, that's Ryan was like ask. four years younger, three years yeah, younger. Yeah, he's like the same we, age as yeah. me. I think. Were you the first like Seal Beach Quicksilver yep. grow? Yep. Okay. Yep. And that's, that's kind of gnarly, right? It was pretty cool and Ryan was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was all NSSA and national Ryan team guy. And Ryan kick my ass in the heat seven yeah. days a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Contest machines, <laughs> but yeah. it's like it's crazy because 82, 83, this is like 84, 85, then right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And Quicksilver still like not blowing up, but blowing up, but not, not, not at its like height yet. It was super cool, yeah. And what they did, which I, I talked to Danny Quack about a lot, was I'm like. They should write a Harvard Business School uh, case study on the way that you've marketed this brand because what they did is they went from town to town 
and they found kids that they liked that liked the brand um, and they made them feel at home with that company you know yeah. and they brought them in they Paul Gomez threw clothes at them and I love Paul but, yeah you know that like that was part, that was part, part of the that was part of Paul's tough yeah. love it's like yeah. hey dude like you're part of the program and yeah. he would talk shit to us and and Danny would as well but they made us feel a part of Tom Carroll's program yeah. or you know fill in the blank and that is not something that I'd ever like can you imagine Nike or Adidas doing something yeah. like that and it's it and it is our you know our sports you know I say sports because it's you know skateboarding and snowboarding and everything it's a yeah. youth, youthful sport but it's different but we talk about that marketing campaign strategy yeah and how it's gone now. Like there's, it's just, you it's know. It's culture. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. not popping up these local heroes and these, these affluent kids in these, you know, little towns that have reach and, you know, so the, it's amazing what, you know, it, I, being part me, of a tribe. It made me fall in love with the brand. And I think Richard Wolcott yeah. did, did a, he like took a, a 2.0. He Wolcott. did yeah. a fantastic job of creating a culture around like, Hey dude, you're, this is your thing. You know, whether it was Punk or Pat or um, Eckert, fill in the blank. Like what Rich did was um, he took it to a new level where it really was like, hey, you're going to stay at my Hawaii house or yeah. wherever you are. Like you're welcome here. Yeah. Well, what we talk about our first jobs a lot of the times, you know, maybe it's not your first, but, you know, working in that surf shop environment and hey, I'm getting flowed or I'm on the team of this brand, you fill in the blank, what are you doing? You're pushing that brand inside the store. Yep. You know? Yeah. And you at your that, high school. And, and your high school. Or your you're coming around and, case, you, you know, you got yeah. the coolest, raddest clothes and you got, so you get, you know, you pop a, an employee, you pop a hot kid in the town or whatever and it just flourishes, you know, that's, and it gets that's people. grassroots set. marketing at yeah. its purest core level. Yeah, and, and you had people like Danny Kwok who were so, like, dude, just the dude I wanted to be. Yeah. Like, I'm 100%. looking at Danny Kwok and I'm yeah. like, dude, you're the raddest guy. You charge giant, scary waves yeah. on a single fin at the wedge. Like, you're <laughs> just like, I want to be you. Yeah. You, you, you make him a part of my, you know, diet. Like, that's that, that I was hooked. Well, it's funny because, you know, these guys that are surfers, right? They're fucking surfers. And they've created and done so many amazing things, not even like going to school or thinking about it. Yeah. They just did it. Yeah. Instinct. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instinct. It's just like yeah. instinctual. It just happened. Yeah. Like they Organic. were being who they were yeah. naturally. And that rubbed off on you, right? Like it rubbed, you, you want. You wanted to be like him. I just wanted to be, I wanted to be a part of whatever he was doing. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 mind blowing that it helped your trajectory or your path and, and your way of thinking for the rest of your life. And and along the way, I would I would get called um, to do like little photo shoots for the new you know catalog stuff whatever line yeah. that mcknight was excited about and then i would be in mcknight's suburban driving back to um you know from wherever the photo shoot was to to the headquarters and i'd get to chat with bob 
And yeah. I'm looking at him, and I'm like, and Bob was kind of nerdy back then. Like, Bob's always been cool, but he was fucking way less cool back then than he is today. And I really, like, got energized by that as well. Yeah. And then watching what uh, what Richard did was like, yeah, like, holy cow. It, it's crazy. We talk about this a lot, um, how our guests are, you know, like when you first, when we first ask them sometimes like you, you're like, well, what am I going to talk about? Or you're not, you're going to be bored or, you know what I mean? Like, but when, when we never bored on our show, you're never bored because when you, when <laughs> the you listeners think, might be <laughs> Colby, when you think about you need like, another drink, <laughs> you're talking about, you're talking about Danny Kwok, right? You're talking about Bob McKnight, like yeah. two people. Icons in the industry. Yeah. And who else got to sit in a Richard suburban, Wilcox, you know, I with, got lucky. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, like it's cool to be able to talk about that. And, and like people around the world are going to be like, wow, who's this fucking Robert Colby? Like, oh, he's got a company, but you know, could it be? Could you link his early days of hanging out with Bob McKnight and Richard Wolcott and Richard Wolcott and, and why he's Danny successful today? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you put in hard work yeah. and you went to school and all that. But I think, you know, it's neat to hear at the, where where some of your, you know what I mean? Like yeah. your I, inspiration I, I, and your mentorship, like in those impressionable years. Yeah, I got, you I know, got, I got super, super lucky. Yeah, yeah. I, I really did. And timing, you know, like I, I talk Being to cool. Danny all the time, and he's just like, dude, the guy. Um, I don't know. He's kind of a. Uh, I, I I don't want to use the word maven, but like the guy just he sees things that not many people see yeah and he totally <laughs> yeah he really um helped me and, yeah. and and he's a very compassionate good dude yeah yeah so yeah he's I got not lucky very yeah. very unselfish and very kind did, of wants to just a good dude yeah lift so, everybody so up did you get put on the team without a resume or portfolio or anything Lyndon, <laughs> you remember me like i was okay like no like, you ripped dude but I, no 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 I, like let's be clear I like was okay. I wasn't Jay Larson. I wasn't you. I was okay. I was okay I for you, bro. I was Come okay on. for Seal Beach, you know, um, which is big. I remember you being pretty damn good, dude. Like I kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, going, but you didn't have to give him a resume or, or like a no, portfolio. No, Mike Garrett though did that. Okay. And then Quok, like when I walked into his office and he had this tiny little office on the 18th Street. Yeah, but that's another aspect of that organic like marketing is who's our best retailers okay yeah. and and who what kids either again going back to work there or surf like on the team and like let's make sure we're, we got the, the coolest kids helps out the shop you know yeah, helps sure. out the kid and it helps out the company it's like that trifecta it's a huge thing jack yeah, yeah it's huge and when i was again trying to be like i want to surf and you know i was getting that point and it's like national team you know, I'm doing well. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do the national team. And I'm like, wait, you look at the sponsors the national team had, and you had to be their OP brand. You had to have this logo. Yeah. 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 Or that I'm was like, your I, era, I right? wanted Quicksilver on my board. Yeah. Right? Because I had that same resonation. You know, like, yeah. I had, I wanted to be on the, the best fucking clothing, I, the, the, the cool best, brand. The cool yeah. brand. Yeah. 
And I'm like, Jay, you were OP and um, body glove, right? No, never. I did. I never did it. I never did the national. Okay, because Ryan was. He was. Simmons he was OP. Yeah. And Deffenbaugh did it. Yeah. Yeah. And JD was. was yeah. yeah. And okay. I was like, I mean, you look at that team, the prestige and stuff, and I'm like, I don't even care. I want to be on quick serve. Yeah. I, I don't, I, you know, and I think it was kind of a tough decision. The show's not about. No, me, but. Right? He just, he always. But we're I talking about the, his direction. Like, how, how important it was to get that. <laughs> and, that and, run. and Jay, to your point, like when I'd walk around my little high school, which wasn't a little high school, it was 3,000 kids, Los Alamitos High School. And, you Why know, did and, you go to Los Alamitos and not Huntington High? Because I lived Close. in Seal Beach yeah. and okay. you had to go to. Because all know. the other guys went to Huntington High, right? Or did that switch? I think Ryan. No, Ryan went with me. Yeah, uh, Mikey Riley, for example, I think went to Huntington. Yeah, so did Chad. Yeah. Oh. Wellesley, right? No, Wellesley no. went to Los Alamos. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. he was Until he got kicked out. Yeah. yeah, Stamps went to Huntington though. Stamp Stampy went to Huntington. Brian Lindsay, Chaz, all those guys yeah. went to Huntington. Yeah. Um, HBHS. <laughs> no, but when I I you know to get back to the point like the the. Um, when I would put on the Quicksilver jeans at school and be the hot shit, like in a Quicksilver, remember the like the sweatsuits oh. that they had? Like, dude, it was like the, the coolest thing in the, the world. Fleece? And none of it fit me, so like it was just like I looked like freaking. <laughs> I don't know what because they weren't. Making, but you looked cool. I didn't look you like felt a cool. Fit. Yeah, they weren't yeah. making kids stuff, yeah. but yeah. But I was a freshman, and there were like senior girls that were like, "What are you wearing?" And I'm like. Quicksilver. Yeah. <laughs> but we talk about the shopping that, that got you girls. I mean, it didn't. No. You're a surfer and you're riding for one of the best. Yeah. Quicksilver. Look at the guy. You know. <laughs> hey, we we've talked about it, like that whole like QSD Quicksilver salt salt water I denim. Still um, might have the a fleece. Piece or two. Yeah. I mean, shit. They made some cool stuff. Yeah, and you. So. <laughs> <laughs> what was your what There's was a lot your amateur cool. contest like? Well, my my uh, resume yeah. is like what grim grim yeah. okay grim yeah yeah well yeah. I mean you can't have it all right <laughs> <laughs> you can't some people so did, did you did yeah. you try to do the NSSAs and... I did and then and Wooly um, after so we had. Gomez, who I think... Um, Jumped the billabong pretty quick. Yeah, I don't remember like all the details, but we had Gomez, who uh, I think went with Bob Hurley, um, and then behind Gomez was Preston Murray. Preston worked for Danny, um, and Danny loved me. Preston didn't like me that much. <laughs> and then uh, Preston moved up in the company, and Richard Wolcott came in, and Richard Wolcott and I... Like, he was my man. Yeah. Like, I loved Wooly. I would go visit him at college. Um, and when he was at Pepperdine? When he was at San Diego State and then oh. at Pepperdine. Okay. Um, and he was very straight with me. And I said, Richard, I want to be a pro surfer. <laughs> and I was like 16 or something like that. And he looked at me straight in the eyes and he's like, dude, <laughs> you're going to get kicked. You're going to get your ass kicked seven days a week. Like, move to Australia and see if you can compete against those guys. So, I immediately asked my mom. Can I go to Australia? 
yeah, I asked my mom and my dad, I'm like, hey, I want to do an exchange student program in Australia. But here's the, the deal. Like, I will not go, like, here I am giving my parents all these, like, conditions on how I want to spend a ton of their money. Um, I'm like, I want to live on the coast and I want to, you know, like, I, I really want to try to be a pro surfer. So they... My parents worked it out where I, I grew up, uh, or excuse me, I wound up on the south coast of New South Wales. Wow. On a, on an, uh, a little, like... For an exchange student. Yeah, but this was like God's country. Like, it's called Barrack Point that I lived on in a little town adjacent to Shell Harbor and Warilla on the other side. You guys both met Chris Homer, who I brought home with me. Um, after I live there, okay. Yes, you do. Okay. Um, who's now the mayor of Shell Harbor? Um, wow. Okay. And has been on the cover of Surfing Magazine at Pipe. The guy's a freak show. Okay. Like completely rips. But so you're 16. And I'm 16. You talk I'd... your parents into funding your foreign exchange. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I I really want to go do this. Were you a good student? Too? I was a very good student. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I went down there. That always helps. Sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to persuade the parents, like, you know? Like, that, that come naturally to you? Like, you're just naturally book smart or you, like, studied? I didn't study very much. Okay. Yeah. Um, I fucking hate guys like you. No. But, 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 you, you and Maddie are, are kind of similar that dude, way. My I, wife, same thing. I'm like, I... <laughs> No, but I, I I don't mean to say it that way. That, that's no, no, super no. lame. No, um, but there's no. It's not lame. I, I no. I'm I jealous. Didn't, I didn't have to. I didn't have to grind super hard. Um, but I, my parents said, okay, let's yeah. let's send you down there. And I remember, sixteen, sixteen years old. So nineteen eighty eight in this case. And I remember crying harder than I've ever cried in my whole entire life, leaving my mom. And moving down to Australia to try and pursue surfing. And I did it. Like, I had the best time down there. It was eight months of pure joy. Wow. A little bit of pain the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, getting used to homesickness. I don't know if you guys have ever felt that, but it Can was... Can I interject real quick? What boards are you riding at this point in time? Harbors. Yeah. Okay. So, Chaswick, where I was shaping them. Rich was... Rich Harbor was our sponsor... Um, and I had really good boards. Yeah. Um, and I was feeling good. Like I, yeah, I wasn't. And you, you had know. Quicksilver, which is their, that's their homeland. And over I there. think, and Robert Housen was like sponsoring me at peak wetsuits. I had like oh, all sorts shit. of logos on the board and yeah. Newport Surf Company. And this I out forget Housen thing. worked for. He ran peak for a while. Huh. Yeah. And he used to like show up at the content. He was the best. Yeah. I love Robert Housen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to let the audience know, Robert Housen was HSS back yes. in the day. Yep. Then he went to Peak, probably. Uh, and then he remember. went to Harbor. Yeah. Okay. But Lyndon, you worked with Robert like when you were a Munchkin, right? I I think I he left when I when I was there. Okay. He's already gone. Yeah. Yeah. My first wetsuit I bought was a Peak wetsuit at Peaks. Beach Surf Center before Dukes. Duke. Yeah. Worst rashes I've oh, ever worst. had in my life. Worst. Yeah. And it was... Overlock. Yeah. And it just... It, <laughs> worm stitch. Yeah. You, you got in the water and just... the Who water came went, up with that kind of stitch? Went right through the suit. 
It, it's like a saw blade in your and freaking... I think mine was like pink, you look orange, like, and... You look like, like Frankenstein, but your whole body, because it looked like it's like you were just pieced together by, you and, know... And now that we're like... Well, now that Lyndon and I are in our 50s, not you, Jay, but <laughs> like you would have these like seams down your skin. Oh, that's what I mean. Worst. Like a Frankenstein <laughs> seam. I get rashes. Your armpits. Yeah, I mean... Elbows. Any, anywhere the suit touched you, the you back get of the a rash. Knee, back yeah. of the knees. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I wish I still well, had and, that and, Mark Akalupo model suit. I think we glossed over the importance of what <laughs> Wooly being honest with you, like brutally honest and saying important. you'll get smoked. Yeah. And for you to take it and go, okay, well, I'm fucking serious about this. Yeah. I'm going to fucking go to Australia. So, okay. I'm eight so, months in Australia. So I moved to Australia. Um, I am homesick beyond anything you guys can imagine. Because it's the longest you ever... I just know I'm not going to see my mom. I didn't have a girlfriend at that time. I was just like, dude, I'm going to miss my mom to the point that I'm sick to my stomach. And I was with a wonderful family down there. And they introduced me to, you know, a bunch of the local surfing kids uh, or guys who all had cars, uh, which is a big deal down there. Like it, cars, mm -hmm. like it, gas was, ex petrol was expensive. Um, cars were expensive and you needed to know the right people. So I met... Greg Marsh, Chris Homer, Graham Marsh, Sean Quinn, uh, Riley Combs, uh, Martin Daniel, like all these guys that are like, all right, we're going to Aussie Pipe tomorrow. And I'm like, great. <laughs> so I got my little like five, six or whatever we rode back then. And we go down to Aussie Pipe and we walk through the jungle. This is, uh, you know, Aussie Pipe. Yeah. yeah. It's is Black it? Rock. It's fucked up. Like... You, I come out of the jungle and I'm like, you look like you're looking at pipeline for your wow. first time. It was psycho. But what's crazy is it's all rock and it, the way you're looking at it and it's breaking below sea level. Like you have to get in and out of the water like over rock. And it's a perfect channel. Yeah. And it looks like Jaws is waiting for you. Like <laughs> like once you jump off the kanji, like you think you're going to get eaten. And is it is it cold water or warm water? It was it was beautiful. Okay. Like well, but I was scared to yeah. death. Depending like, on time of year, I mean, yeah. it's good. No, to this cool. was yeah. so this was a um, holiday. Uh, what time of year did I go down there? I don't even remember. But yeah, anyway, I, I get out there and I'm just like sick to my stomach because it's like what we would call like eight or ten feet Hawaiian. It, it was fuck pumping. And you're on a five six. You're you're I'm scared to death, and I'm with all these guys that are like all right here's a little seppo yeah like seppo. let's see if the seppo is a pussy or if he's not yeah and i was the complete pussy so anyway like as they're catching this waves, is your first session with these guys this is the first session so they're getting spat out of these things and i eventually like kind of merge my way into the inside and i catch one and i'm like like maybe got near the pocket yeah maybe maybe <laughs> Next one, I go a little deeper. Next one, I go face first into the reef. Like, completely, like, almost teeth gone. What? Like, bleeding everywhere, like, concussed. Wow. And so my buddy Greg grabs me, pulls me out of the water, and he's like, dude, you need to go in right now, because we don't need blood <laughs> yeah. floating around out here. So I proceed to, like, you know, three waves later, like, sit on the, on the bluff right there and watch these guys surf. And then we, like... I limp my way back into town. I'm like, all right, I'm in the, I'm in the clan. I'm in the big leagues. <laughs> so they, did they accept you? They were 
Yes and no. Like okay. I had to Tough continue love. to. Yeah. Yeah. He's, that that didn't help me. Yeah. It, it, and and I was never like I'm I'm a pussy. Like I'm not gonna like dig deep on a big right hander over you know something that looks yeah yeah like I'm gonna hit my face on it. Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I went to cruiser waves. So were you did you go to school too? Like went to school. Um, what was the curriculum was, like compared to home? It was funny because it was um, I felt like I was a year ahead. Yeah, um, I was always in like AP classes or whatever you call them nowadays. Um, College prep AP, yeah, something like that. Whatever. And and so it was it was really easy for me. Um, but the grading system was different. So they graded, they class rank you. Whew. Have you guys heard about this? No. So it's like if you're number one, you're the first in the class. Like you are the highest grade in the class. If you're number thirty, you're the worst. I know and, they do that in like law schools and, and stuff that not not in like this is not not junior high high school, high school yeah, but like in college school. yeah yeah so if I I don't remember exactly I I could look at my UC Santa Barbara application and tell you guys for sure but I think I had like I was like number one in my math class my chemistry class my biology class wow da 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 like because I already. Like I'd already done it. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it was a review for me. And in my English class, I was number 30. <laughs> <laughs> and my English teacher hated me. Um, but it was because I was an asshole. And I remember writing on my application you didn't write the college. Poem. No, I wrote on my application uh, to UCSB. I'm like, every class is graded this way where if you're number one, you're the first in the class. English is different. English, if you're graded number 30, you're actually number one. Yeah. That's the more creative, yeah. uh, outside thinking outside the box uh, group over there. So, Well, could, English is very subjective versus like... Yeah, I lied. Of course, yeah. but, but math is like cut and dry. Like did there's a right and wrong to, answer. Uh, compete? I did, and okay. I did actually pretty well down there. Yeah, it was it was fun. So you came back confident, like yeah, and I and Chris Homer, who's like my big brother, um, who's a just at the time. So picture nineteen eighty eight, Martin Potter, Tom Carroll. These are the the preeminent guys. Like yeah. these are the guys that we all looked up to when they would talk about the best surfer at G-Land or the best surfer at, you know, pick the break, it was Chris Homer. Like, wow. he was just, it it defied anything I'd ever seen. He came back, lived with uh, my folks and me, um, and tried to do the PSAA mm. stuff for a bit. Surf lowers all the time. You yeah. guys probably ran into him out there a few times. Lyndon, I, you had to have run into him. I'm like, sure I remember. I mean, I don't remember now, but I'm sure I... I the most beautiful style him. you've ever seen and like just makes everything look yeah. perfect and architectural. So what about your friends here? Were they tripping that you were moving to Australia? To... Yeah. Yeah. Did they come visit you at all? Did anybody no, come? no, no one did, including my parents. Yeah. What were your parents' thoughts on on you wanting to become a pro surfer? Were they like supportive or just like, hey, you're young, like maybe go test? You know, like. It's a good question because um, most parents are like, oh, dude, can't yeah. go. You know, like it's kind of. There was no living back then. That's when Tom Curran was making 
three hundred thousand dollars a year surfing for OP. You know, yeah, like there's no living. Um, my mom was always just like, "You're going to college, but if you want to surf and you want to do this, there, there." Kelly wasn't even a thing, you yeah. know, back then. When yeah. I moved to Australia, Kelly was just starting to be noticed. Yeah. You know? so you're talk- you said 88? 88. Uh, okay. I think I moved there in 87. I moved home in 88. So it wasn't really a... Wasn't Did you a have to work there or no? I didn't work, no. Yeah, but really? I didn't have any money. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, zero. you surfed every fucking day. I surfed every day. Yeah. Yeah. But the two... And the, is there like tons of different spots? It was insane. Wow. And I remember like, the, it was the raddest eight thing. Out, eight month summer. Linden. I Pretty kept much, a, right? Linden. I kept a journal. And wow, I need to share it with you guys. Yeah. But I counted the number of days that I got spat out of a barrel. And it was like a pretty significant portion of the eight months that I was there. It was crazy. And I'm not talking about like big caverns. Yeah. I'm talking about like whatever. It's, yeah. Good way. Yeah, regardless, you're getting like there's something blowing you out of a barrel. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever really gotten spat out. I I kept well, track of it. Australia is yeah. different. Different. <laughs> there's energy there right. that you yeah. just don't see, and I got injured there surfing more than I've ever even dreamt of here. Yeah, like dragged across the, you know the coast and kanji and yeah, the coast is. Raw. It's wild. And the swells I should probably are not go there. Yeah. No, there's a lot of good <laughs> ways to go there. there. Yeah. I get hurt everywhere I go. None of the listeners should go there, but you should go there. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. But at that time, like you said, like surfing, I mean, I think Tom Curran was obviously, you know, the, the man. Yeah. And then Tom Carroll, he signed the first like million dollar multi year contract. So there was a lot of buzz in that like late, late 80s going into the 90s. For yeah. sure. For sure. But, so, but still not an avenue of pro surfing. Like my parents were like, "Are you kidding me? Like, what do you? Yeah, good luck." So, did it feel like eight months, or did it feel like a month? Um, it just was perfect. Like, it, I, I, I would say it felt like a month. Yeah, and I still keep in touch with all those guys. I really love that stretch of coast that I lived on. Yeah, and love those guys and gals that I became friends with. I love where I lived. Um, yeah, Did you come back with an accent? <laughs> <laughs> I like a fake accent. Oh, yeah. Only when he was trying to hook no. up with the chick. No, no, check this out. This is so bad. Did you? Did I tell you this already? No. Okay. But we had friends back, who hey, came back with an accent. No, hey, I just came say, back what? with like a... I'm fucking like barely whatever, 17 years old. And I'm much hairier now, but um, I had like a little fake Pepe mustache and a little bit of an accent. Yeah. Well, we, we, we interviewed Jamie Prisick and, you know, he didn't confirm, but there was rumors that he would come back and, you know, use yeah, this, a little accent. Yeah, yeah, fake his accent. No, I would say things like Chuck and, you know, like little, I would, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had other friends that, you know, have come back and you're just like, right, seriously, bro? Yeah. You were there for a month. Yeah. And I was there long enough where I feel like it's, and now it's not excusable, but I've worked with enough Australians where but even, it's, it's nice. I understand it. Yeah. And my wife, um, conversely, like when Pin, my old boss, will show up, she's like, what did he say? Yeah. And I'm like, he said, thanks for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah. but there are some catchy like slang and it's it's... 
kind of humor some some things you know it's not it's <laughs> different but it's it's fun to like it's catchy well, like you know if you're gonna pick up like catchy phrases or yeah just the c you, word is the one that i didn't bring home yeah. did you experience any like localism there a little bit but i had some really tough friends that like took care of me yeah, yeah. i i was lucky like i had some really like chris for example like guys that were the the you know either respected or super physically capable yeah who made sure that i didn't get my yeah head but we, we talk about that there's locals that just surf their spot and they're just gnarly or grumpy or whatever and then there's guys that rip you know that are also not you know if you rip that kind of you know barrier kind of breaks down a little yeah. bit on localism because people are like dude you know that's what's funny about it's a, <laughs> that's what's funny about surfers and just like business especially in dealing with surfers in business like if if you can surf you kind of get pushed right like you have a little bit of an edge I wouldn't you have say an edge if you're nice if you're you know, nice if, if you're, you're a nice. cool dude and yeah and you that know. was that was the thing that i like um would say i yeah. probably did a better job of like i i remember i had these like reeboks <laughs> this is so weird to say stamp okay can i like we may have to delete this but um stamps oh no no if it's stamps it's in no so <laughs> tim stamps used to make these jeans where he'd like tie dye them with acetone and stamps yeah he'd do this crazy shit to these uh 501s these levi's and then i also had this like pretty fancy pair of um reebok high tops which sounds disgusting when i say this right now but i remember like walking into the workers club my first night and apparently there was some guy who saw my stamps jeans get up and my reeboks in australia yeah and okay. it was like ready to kill me like he was gonna kill me like from I, behind like he thought you were fancy yeah he's like who's this seppo like i'm gonna flamboyant yeah and he had a schooner uh in his hand that he was ready to you know bounce off my head um, and <laughs> my buddy Jamie, uh, like stopped him before he did that. And I didn't find out about it until like two months later. Dang. So there was like, there was a real difference, um, back then between what we thought was super normal up here. Like you couldn't get Nikes. You couldn't, it was, Australia was like 25 years behind yeah. in terms of technology, in terms of uh, consumer goods that they would get. It was it was just different down there. And so if you show up looking like that, you're a target. And oh. I showed up looking like a target. What a trip. Yeah. And I look like a douchebag yeah. when I look at it in retrospect. Yeah. You're like, yeah. what's wrong? You're, what's you're wrong? 17 years old. You're oblivious I, to I like... I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. But thankfully, like my friend Jamie, like saved me. Yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> it's a, it is interesting you brought that up. They are... Uh, well, at that time, a little, you know, this is when the global economy wasn't really what it is now, you know. It wasn't you, global. Yeah. No, but yeah, you know, different terminologies, like slang, slang. whatever. Oh, dude. Nike. No, it's Nike. Yeah. Nike. Yeah. You In know? Australia, it's Nike? Nike. And <laughs> Adidas, not Adidas. 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 <laughs> and, you know, we, we would just, you know, it, it'd be funny to like, you know, communicate because you're, you know, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, 
Why are you saying it like that? It's tomato, tomato, whatever. Yeah, it was. It was definitely not what it is today. No. Yeah. But so, it was very rural. But you so know, eight old months. School. How much better did you get? Uh, I got more comfortable in bigger, heavier waves, um, and had some reasonable success in contests. Not nothing great. But you you got confident. You came back with a little bit more. I felt better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I remember uh, remember Larry Beard. Yeah, I remember one of the like one of the kind of rad compliments I've ever uh, received was we're surfing Surfside, uh, and he paddles up to me and you know like I'd I'd known him I had no idea that he ever knew who the heck I was and he's like where you been and I'm like I've been in Australia and he's like looks like it worked out okay yeah That's, like he was he was complimenting yeah 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 and that was kind of cool. Yeah, how cool was that? Yeah, it was pretty neat because I Gosh, I looked Larry up to Beard. him. Yeah. That's such a he was a like blast. an Alan, like a junior Alan Sarlo, yeah. like but ripped, but yeah. like ripped, Alan. yeah, and was, was kind of dude. like a dick. He was a he, big, scary dude. Yeah, but he was, but when he said that to me, I was like, and don't get me wrong, cow. I mean, maybe he wasn't a dick, but he's definitely not. He was imposing. He was imposing because yeah. he's a big guy yeah. and he's quiet. But he was a good like, surfer too. He's a great surfer. Yeah. yeah. But you couldn't just like, hey, what's up, dude? He was the fact that, that he complimented me because he oh, wouldn't dude. look Huge. at me sideways. You know, <laughs> before that, I was like, hey, maybe Australia meant something. <laughs> <laughs> so you come back, you take the NSA Harbor. <laughs> you're riding for quick. I got so I came back and I was immediately over it. Yeah. Over like, over surfing. surfing. Yeah, so immediately. what happened? Because you came back, you're like, the waves suck here. The waves stunk. Yeah, he he gets all bitter at me. He's like, dude, you're just like, you're just you're 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 level. You're, you're everything's never good enough. And I'm like, dude, I've surfed so many freaking good waves in my life. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard to get motivated sometimes, bro. Yeah, I got I got this, super. This guy like, it's two foot. I'm like, did you just smoke like a freaking <laughs> like biggest doobie ever? Because only bro. only guys I know are this psych that this guy is over here. The guys that are freaking blind. No offense, but you know they're they're blind another way. Yeah, in both eyes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's amazing that you know. So um, <laughs> so wait, you come back, <laughs> you come you come back and you're. So over did it? you try to dive back into pro surfing? No, again? I got like super girl crazy. Um, met my now. Well, wife. yeah, you come back with yeah. little Pepe Le Pew and the chicks are. Oh yeah, that mustache. It was it was a big girl getter. Yeah. Um, no, I um, kind of just lost interest in it. Got super into guitar. I ended up like when I got to UCSB the next year. I ended up surfing on the surf team. Had knee issues and was just kind of bored of surfing. To be honest with you, what a trip, right? Yeah. I'm like hanging out with Brian Lindsay at UCSB. He's winning nationals, and I'm like Brian. All he I want to so do is good. play guitar. You know. Like, that's all I want to do. How weird is that, that you put your life into improving your craft, and you spent eight months in Australia, and you come back feeling confident that you did what you went there for. Yeah. And then you're like, eh. It's probably a real testament to my character. So, so... You're 17. You did you graduate high school here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then went to UCSB when I was 18 or whatever, in 1990. Um, 
and had, you know, like Brian Lindsay and a bunch of guys up there that, you know, were already there that, you know, took me in. So I, I was surfing there my first year, but really into music. Like and, I, and you already kind of gave up on pro surfing. Totally. Yeah. I knew I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Did your mom or dad ask you, like, what's what's the deal? Why have you lost interest? Yeah. yeah that was a big conversation. Yeah. 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 Well, what'd you say? It's just like, I don't know. Uh, I had knee issues. I used to go to specialists, uh, Douglas Jackson, uh, who, who looked after the Raiders back when they were in LA and no one could diagnose my knee issue, but I got to a point where I couldn't bend my knee. I couldn't stand up on a surfboard. Um, and had one time, like this was a real fucked up without situation. any major injuries just started getting nope. weird yeah. and and i'll tell you why in a second but brian and i went down to a ucsb like a nssa team thing whatever in oceanside waves were so good it was so good and i couldn't get to my feet and i'm talking to shane Bashan and he's like what's going on dude you can't get to your feet and i'm like dude i cannot bend my knee to get to my feet i'm dejected Brian drives me in his little white truck back up to UCSB from Oceanside and Campus Point is going bananas and Brian's like let's go and I'm like Brian I can't stand up like I can't get to my feet front foot front leg or yeah, back yeah front. yeah what and a weird super bummer because my parents tried to figure out what the heck was going on and I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward <laughs> this is so fucked up like, it's so sad that it lasted this long, but I basically quit surfing, got into music, got into golf, got into all these other things, um, and eventually in 19, gosh, I want to say 99, it was like right around the Y2K thing, my wife and I are in Tavarua, and we're surfing, and my knee's still garbage, but... It lasted that long? Yeah. And I, and, and I just like forced my way through it. I'm like, you know what? I, we're in Tavarua. I'm going to go surfing. Had the best time. Just so happens as every Tavarua trip has a doctor on board. I had a guy named Dr. Dave Atkin uh, from San Francisco. He was a UC San Diego fellow in knee surgery. We're sitting in the pool and he's like, what's going on? And I told him and he said, all right, as soon as we get home, you're flying up to my house. You're going to stay at my house. And if we can't see it in an an MRI, then I'm going to cut you open the next day. So that's what we did. And when he went in, he found a bunch of cysts. Cysts? Cysts in my uh, quadricep. Like, for some reason, weren't visible on an MRI. Wow. And he just ripped them out, and my knee's been fine ever since then. So it was just like... What a weird fucking... So, okay. So, like, scar tissue that wasn't allowing everything to, like, move. like... Cyst. Like, so, they but, look like, uh, but that, that, but that's a frozen piece. Yeah. 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 But that allowed yeah. stuff Is not painful to move. Too? Super painful. Wow. And when the weather would get weird, like when it would get humid, cold, or I humid. couldn't, uh, straighten my leg out. Yeah. Gnarly. Super weird. And it wasn't big and enough to where you could feel like, hey, this is, I'm like, and that's how, coming back from Australia that that started happening. This started when I was like 14. Oh, shit. But, the fact that you couldn't see it on an MRI yeah. is the strangest thing. Yeah. Hiding so, behind muscle or in the muscle or... It's just like buried in the thing. Yeah. So go, wow. going back to... You graduate high school. You start going to UCSB. Wait, wait. Before that. Oh, 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 oh. First job. Where did you... Like, 
did you first job yeah like you know like we're, we're we know the importance of work and work ethic and you're yeah. one of the hardest working guys we know where <laughs> do you surf shop? really want it yeah yeah mowing lawns paper no, my parents were gnarly they're like you're pa- getting a job yes and my very first job driving my little vw bug do you remember that linden kind of yeah my little blue vw bug that my mom was given as her First uh, college graduation gift from Cal State <laughs> Northridge. <laughs> it was a 69 bug. Anyway, she's like, you're getting a job. So I got the penny saver and I got a job at a telemarketing company in Garden Grove. And what? everyone was smoking cigarettes. I was throwing up a half hour into this job. I like I'm like I I can't do this, Mom. What's the setup? Like everybody's just side by side phones. Card every, tables. Yeah, yeah card tables the grossest thing you've ever seen and i'm like yeah this is what i'm just... not doing like i'm not doing this ever again what was the product uh it was like a resort timeshare time it's the worst thing oh, you're you're one of those timeshare people to call I, I anyway there's I'll an ask... art to that though telemarketing is an art the, the funny thing is it um, sucks but it's an art my friend shannon stillwell um this, like they give you cards and I got this card and it was Shannon Stillwell's parents and I'm like they're my neighbors <laughs> like I'm gonna no. call me yeah and I ended up calling Mrs. Stillwell and I'm like Mrs. Stillwell this is Robert Colby um, I'm so sorry to be calling you right now but I've got a resort deal that I want to pitch you on <laughs> <laughs> it's free <laughs> you just gotta sit through a four hour seminar right yeah yeah and sell your soul <laughs> Um, anyway, so that lasted a day, and then I got a job at Walt's Wharf. Yes. Dude, Bust that's right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. So it was me, one of the Jake best Cameron, not fucking Scott Meyer. Dude, um, it's my, one, yeah. of my parents, day. one of my parents' favorite spots. Oh, it's yeah. gone. My right? grandparents, too. Oh, it's back. Oh, yeah. good. No, it's ripping. Yeah, they took anyway, a little so we gotta go. radical. Yeah. We got to go. Yeah. Like, Walt's Wharf. Me and Jake Cameron. And Brian Bender and that crew. Keenan was a local. Uh, yes. Clam chowder Yogi. and the bread. Yogi. Yogi. Yeah. My first experience there was with Yogi, actually. Peel and shrimp. Dude, peel, he, peel and eat shrimp night. He was the man there. Yeah. yeah. He was always there. But um, it was either that or Captain Jack's were the two like restaurants at all the surfers. You know, because we didn't. Captain Jack's was like highbrow, though. Yeah, not Walt, highbrow, but like more expensive. Yeah. Walt, Wait, oh, Walt was seal. Like yeah. we were like dirt. But it's meant for like boys. Yeah, for yeah, busboy ways. Yeah. yeah, so we we had a really good time there. Yeah, we had the best time. So yeah, I mean, again, perfect job for a surfer too. Whether you're going to school or you know, sur- what did you, you do? Barback? No, I was a busboy. Busboy. Um, and I still remember like the first because um, we had to like if you wanted to eventually matriculate if you wanted to be a waiter or you know a server uh food server yeah, you had to know home. wine yeah. you had to know fish you know and i couldn't tell the difference between mahi mahi and salmon like <laughs> i'm so dumb like you can't pick like the waitresses were the looking two like extreme Dude, this is pink what? and this is white yeah like, what are you what's wrong with you and i'm like i i can't tell you know, I couldn't tell. Were you colorblind or no? I think I was just really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so I go through this whole process where I'm like, I, you know, I want to learn more. And so I start studying um, wine and and, um, and wine making because that was a big thing. at. Uh, That's where the money's at. Yeah, that was a big thing at Walt's. And <laughs> I remember walking 
this has to be deleted, but I remember walking into one of these like employee uh, meetings and there were like 70 waitresses and waiters and busboys there and this asshole like wine guy, you know, he's like a wine rep. He goes, can anyone explain to me what tannins are? And I go, <laughs> I raise my hand. Yeah. And he goes, yes. And I say, they're the toxic substances found in the stems, stalks, and pips of grapes that ward off herbivores. <laughs> and the whole room just starts like... Erupting. Was that the right answer? It was perfect. Yeah. It's chemically, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 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 And the whole you, room... You like, said the definition of it. Yeah. He was like floored. Yeah. I think he might have walked out of the room. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I still, I still never got the waiter job. Yeah, and essentially, it, it's the earth compounds that are found in the wine, like the the you know, like each soil and each place has like a little different compost, you know, That's composition. What it, yeah. That's what the yeah. taste. Yeah, because tannins are specifically yeah. like. Yeah, chemical big part. Like there, it's like that's why giraffes don't eat certain leaves because they've got. But you gave him the shit in there. you yeah. gave him the biology yeah. the terminology. I went not for the... it. and then I shared the whip with Strider like in a photo shoot the next day, which I think is in GQ magazine. Oh my yeah. god, that is hilarious! So we're leaving that in. So you, yeah, we're gonna leave that in. That's a great story. Delete that, no. please. No, that was yeah. great. So um, you didn't say any names or anything. So no, that's funny. That's a that's an amazing story. I mean, that's. That's the beauty of working in whether it's retail, restaurant, anything that's, you know, customer service driven and, and people person driven. It's like those are that's help mold where we're at, you know, who we are. Yeah, for sure. Like that is I mean, do you do that when you go up to uh, Napa? I try not to. <laughs> so with did, did you get kicked off Quicksilver like when you're. No, I was in my band and I was sending Quack like cassette tapes of my band, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, we're going through cuts, <laughs> you know, so I can't send you stickers or or clothes anymore." But um, I, I, Lyndon, I didn't have a surfboard or a wetsuit for three years at UCSB. That is crazy. That is so weird. Yeah, and my, like my one of my best friends, Doug Weems, was like, "What? What the?" fuck like how do you not have a surfboard or a wetsuit and i'm like i just didn't care about it for a while did you that is bizarre what yeah. what was college life like i know people do that but with with what with knowing you and we don't know you great but i mean you well, know you know me pretty damn well we pretty yeah. well and yeah. it just surprises us that three years out of your life and you're on the beach and you're going to <laughs> yeah. So, and my poor wife, who you know, like you guys met in college. No, we met in like junior high school. Junior. She's like, you went from this like kind of cute surfer guy to now this like band guy with black hair to, and then I got into golf. Like I threw her for a loop. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of you play guitar? Yeah. And how did you get into guitar and how did you get into this band and what kind of music did you play? Uh, I just wanted to learn how to play guitar. Uh, I, I was fascinated. Uh, primarily in Australia, um, there was like a little um, nylon string acoustic that I would, it had like two strings on it. 
and I would just play with it. And I'm like, you know what? I, I really am interested in this. And when I came home, I just devoted my life to it. And I like went crazy, crazy devoting my life to so it. So you got really good at it? I went crazy. Like I was playing 12 hours a day. Fuck. Wow. Yeah. And then we... Obsessive um, much? <laughs> Obsessive compulsive. I know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and we... I was in this in this band. We ended up. What uh, kind of music did you guys play? It was originals, kind of bluesy, funky, uh, but attracted the girls. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ding 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 so ding. What kind Why of, we like, want to play music? Yeah. <laughs> and we sold like fifty thousand albums. Like, what? Yeah. We Shut did. the and this front was, door. What was, was your band called? You don't want to know. It was called Monkafust, which is the worst name <laughs> ever known to man. But we were like a kind of a fun thing up in Santa Barbara. Monk we, a fuss? Yeah, we would tour from San Diego to um, Holy Arizona, shit. up What's Nevada. What's Monk a fuss? It, our singer was trying to call our manager a fucking monkey when we were like kind of wasted and that's what came out. And we're like, that's a great name. So Terrible name. You had a manager too. Who was our friend? I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> but we all made like a pretty nice living doing, doing I mean, this. Yeah. So, what kind of music, who, who would you aching yourself to? It's tough to say, London. I, is it I like mean, ballad rock or is it it's, like... It was like the guys went to see us because the girls were there. So it was definitely top, more chick focused. Top, top yeah. 10. Oh, but 20. we would play rock and roll and Evan, Classics. our singer and lyricist. And like, I was for sure the worst musician in the band. Like, these guys were fucking gnarly. And it was a fun show. Um, but, it, and it was, you know, it was rock and roll. It was fucking lively. You guys cut albums? Yeah. How many, how many albums? Uh, well, I only stayed for two. Yeah. But it was... so epic. That's so funny. It was so much fun. Like, yeah. we were... We had the best time. And well, and it's like VIP every night you go out. Like, yeah. you know You're what I mean? You're the star like, of the fucking yeah. stage. But this was the thing that it taught me. And I think it was like the early days of entrepreneurial thinking. Your, your, your own business. You're hustling. Yeah. You're, you're, our, you know. our singer's dad said, okay, like, I'll pay for you to press this many cassette tapes. Um, and so we, we would go around the dorms in Isla Vista and we would knock on door. We would. We'd get a little stone before we went, and we would like knock on doors. Because a telemarketer. Yeah, and people, exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> my early roots. Yeah, so people would open up the door, and we're like, "We want you to listen to this, and if you hate it, just give it back to us. We'll walk away." And we would just start selling albums that way, How and funny. then selling when Nirvana Nevermind was number one all over the world. We were actually number one in UCSB uh, in the record store there. Wow. Yeah, for a period of like 18 weeks. Yeah. 18 or 20 weeks, I forget what that it was. That is so epic. Yeah. Monk of fuss. Yeah, don't, don't repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean... Dude, I'm going to put Robert Monk of fuss Colby on but, this. Please don't. <laughs> but, but, you know, when you're in college, or, you know, you got, you got to keep your grades up because you got to keep the parents you got to graduate, you know, and it's chicks and partying you know and those go hand in hand he's got the perfect and side hustle which you know you're making money but you're also the you know you're the it thing at all the freaking every Parties. weekend every so party wait, you, you guys 
toured up and down the coast? We did a lot. Yeah. Wow. Like we were playing like four nights a week. I remember, um, and this has to be deleted. I'm just telling my friends this. <laughs> well, I, look, don't I even was in tell the, it. I yeah. was in the back of Bridget's Af- Jeep, my wife's Jeep, and you know, the, like we'd taken the top off the thing, and I had all this cash from the night before, and I think I had like two or three thousand dollars. What? And I was in fucking college, and like half of it blew out of my hands <laughs> on the 405 freeway, and I was like, "Fuck! <laughs> what am I doing?" Yeah. Were um, you hammered? No. Just the wind. God, no. Just the wind yeah. just yeah. yeah it was like it counting life. my money, like, and it flew out. It flew out. Um, <laughs> and then this this is where it gets better, and this is where like a, it, it's a huge testament to my wife. Um, like, call it uh, a month later, we're at Steve, our drummer's uh, parents' house, and his parents uh, lived on a country club. And Steve was a scratch player, like scratch golfer. You never played? I never touched a golf club. Like This is your introduction. Yeah. And Steve goes, Hey, you know, we got like four hours before sound check. Let's go down to the driving range. So we go down to the driving range and he gives me a Hogan Apex three iron. I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's it's a torture device. It's the worst club that you would ever hand Someone who's never hit a golf ball. Yeah, before. so precise at you. And I nut one. Like, oh my god, it felt really good, and I hit a second one perfectly. And only today do I like let them know. I'm like, dude, I what you did was evil. Like what you did to me was evil. Yeah. But I completely fell in love with golf. Met a guy named Sandy Armour who ended up teaching Kelly uh, how to play golf, which I'll get to in a second. Um, and got who is this again? Sandy Armour, Tommy Armour. Uh, Tommy Armour is a very famous um, Arnold Palmer level uh, famous golfer. Okay. Met Sandy and uh, got completely hooked on golf. From from guitar to golf now. Surf to guitar to golf. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife's just like my girlfriend at the time's like you. You're a disaster. How, how long were you in the band for? Uh, two years, you said? No, it was no like two three. albums, but like probably yeah, probably like years. three years. Yeah. Three years, yeah, super fun. Yeah, we had the best time, and we still play. That's one thing I wish I would have done in my life was playing a band. Did you 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 know what your band was missing? An accordion, An accordion. player. <laughs> That's what this guy played. Uh, a what? Show's not about me, bro. We um, need more Linda. Can can we seriously post? You playing the accordion sometime? There's no footage. There's yeah, there no is. Yeah, there is. Evidence anymore. Yeah. So, golf took pole position. It did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And but and you went and fucking got your own clubs and. I got super into it. But it, but yeah. it's you know anybody that's golfed or tried to golf knows how fucking hard it is. Similar to surfing, you know, as far as like. It's weird. There's just. It's a mind bender. It's, it's a, a mind, mind bender, bender yeah. yeah. But, you know, here you are. You say you're not a great surfer, but we know you rep. And, you know, you know you're talented. You pick up the guitar. You freaking master, not master, but you get really good. Yeah. And then here you go again. You got two albums. But then here you go into golf. Like, and you you hit a couple right off the tee. You kill it. And now you're sucked in. What so happens? Super Can we go in. back to, to the yeah. band? No. Yes. You're going up and down the coast. Are you playing at... 
like house parties. We're talking about golf. You're playing house parties. You're playing clubs. You're playing bars. What are you doing? We were playing all over the place, and it was normally either bars where we would pull in, you know, 500 people and get some share of the door, or a frat party at UCLA, or somewhere at Boulder. It it, it varied. My favorite story, and my wife, um, who you guys both know, her little brother played uh, football at Stanford, like quarterback. Wow. Gnarly. Like, can fucking huck a football. And I'm playing at a UCLA frat party one night, and we're going on break, and I'm, like, leaning down to, like, unplug my pedals or something like this, and a couple of girls are talking to me, and I'm like, and all of a sudden I get hit in the face with, like something really hard and I just go down to the ground and I look up and it's my wife girlfriend at the time flipping me off and she's like I know why you're playing in the bands you know this group did you know she was there did she come with you or no? she was with John Lyles and John Lyles is like busting up like yeah almost throwing up laughing holy crap yeah. <laughs> anywho babe I'm doing this because I love the, the no, instrument no this is Frost <laughs> That's kind of rad to hear that you were in a fucking band playing up I and down. I can't believe I never told you. No, this. Yeah. I vaguely remember, but I didn't. Rem- I didn't think it was. It wasn't a. I had. It was a whatever thing. But, like, no, but it's kind it was of, a college band. Yeah, college yeah. band that. I mean, you made money. It you was. A, to, it was a lot of fun, and you drink, we learned how did to you re- party a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but it was, it was bands, like, but, it, but Lyndon, I think that back to the it's entrepreneurial a, it's thing, it, like it yeah. taught you, okay, you got to deal with a bar owner who they want something. Like what they yeah. want is they want people in drinking. Yeah. They want door fees. They want this, that, yeah. and the other thing. And you got to be tough when you're 20 years old or 19 years old. Yeah. In my case, um, going, okay, how do we, how do we do this? It was a new business. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So besides like the, the cassette and, and records, were you selling, um, merch, merch? We sold t-shirts and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, that wasn't the, the big thing was like selling CDs. Yeah. Believe it or not. How funny. <laughs> but yeah, you, I mean, you got to pack the house, what they call it, right? Or Every time. Yeah. But you all, but, but you know, no matter if you're the bands, you know, musically inclined and phenomenal, whatever. You got to have showmanship, you know, you got to be able to like, which I didn't have, but you, you know, but that's like make or break of the band too. You know, like there's a lot of different nuances of that. Like, so band, can I ask like, you're, you joined this band. How this, how the band form? Evan and I, Evan, the singer, who's phenomenally talented. He and I lived in the dorms together at UCSB and, we were just like goofing around one night and we're like went into the stairwell in our 10-story dorm unit we're like let's this was at the end of the year end of our first year and we started playing together and i'm like dude i really like playing with you and he's like i like playing with you and so we played that summer together man just just you two basically (laughs) yeah no we and and then i had um, my buddy steve who was our drummer um, who was fantastic, and our friend Christian, who was our bass player, who was fantastic. I, I knew guys. I don't know how I. I, I knew Steve just from growing up. Uh, Christian was Steve's friend. 
but it was you two, and you're like, hey, let's find a drummer, and you're like, yeah. I know a drummer, yeah. and hey, let's we need a. But Evan player. and I really like trusted each other. Like we were we were buddies, and Steve and I really trusted each other, and that's how it went. Did yeah. you do backup vocals at all or anything? I so <laughs> very suck. under the no, I'm the worst. And Evan used to get we like had a singing coach and all sorts of shit. Yeah, like, I'm not. Now, doing did this. you do like lead? You your lead yeah. guitar? Yeah, but did so is Evan. Like, Evan rips too. Yeah, he, he played guitar too. Yeah, okay. Evan like is Stevie Ray Vaughan. What's like, like the perfect like, Stevie Ray Vaughan? No, he rips. That's yeah. awesome. What's like the perfect grouping? Okay, drummer, bass, and then two like guitars, like lead, and then like you know, as a far rhythm. as like a rock, you know, like one rhythm. I love yeah. our little four piece um, my son who um, is in a band now has a four piece but he sings and plays guitar which is snarling. yeah yeah so it's got to make you got a little tear in your see, eye it's in, the, it's in the came genes. home and said hey man I'm in a band you are yeah, no, I love it I love watching him like you know get into it and like hey dad like our our PA like blew out last night, or you know, like my amp doesn't feel like it's getting through the drums, or little things yeah. that I know about recording, or That's little things that I know about live uh, music that are fun for us to connect on. Yeah. That's kind of rad. What a funny twist in your life! Like, yeah. So how, how long did that monk of monk of fuss last? It wasn't long. Yeah, it was quick. Three years. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. quick. Pretty much when golf took over. Golf took over and it took over fast. Was that and in college still golf? Or? Yeah, yeah. Col- college. Um, and then I wanted to make the golf team at UCSB, which was a Division One top 25 in the nation team. And I made friends with all the best guys and <laughs> I fucking missed it. I didn't make it. And then got back into surfing. <laughs> After wow. three years. Yeah. Full but, circle. But Sandy Armour... Um, my, you know, basically my benefactor in golf, who ended up, as I said earlier, teaching Kelly, like he taught me how to take it under par. Like I, wow. yeah, it was gnarly. So, it's so you, wild. You you had that obsessive compulsive, um, still do, uh, yeah. trait that makes you want to like be the best, the best, not the best, but really good at what you want to be good at. Only the. I wouldn't say like when I was younger, yeah, that was the most important thing. Nowadays, it's different. Nowadays, it's like I have to work harder than like I I can't stop yeah. until I'm happy uh, with the way that I'm doing something. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to college for what? What was your major? Uh, it was I, it was pre law because my dad, my uncle. Uh, my cousins are all attorneys, um, and that's damn. That's a yeah, big shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't what I ended up doing. And then I went to USC for business school because um, I really enjoyed business. Like I enjoyed, and Brian Lindsay was always ten times smarter than me about everything, and I wanted to be as smart as him. You know, that's so right. like everything, everything that I've seen, I'm like, I want to. I don't know. I want to. He was your north star, kind of. He like, was, yeah. Yeah, he, he taught me so much. But you had, you know, there there's a lot of smart people in different areas, you know? You're like, there's math smart, which t- typically go to engineer or finance, and then there's... Uh, street smart. Street smart, and there's Book smart. English, English smart, which is, low, you know, being able to, you know, English is kind of that, you know, I would say... <clears throat> 
that uh, lawyer side. You know, you got to be able to bait, but the yeah. the language is so I just don't crazy. Feel like I'm good at any of it. <laughs> but, but you, but you, you so know, you go to school. You got to find your path. What, and it's what, trial and error sometimes, and then sometimes it's passion. You didn't know what you wanted, to, what your career path was going to be. No way, Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going pre-law at UCSB, yep. and then went to USD. No, no, no. I finished UCSB, and I asked Brian Lindsay, I'm like, what are you doing? And he was working at Extra. Remember the TV show? Yeah. Yeah. And extra, he's like, extra. Yeah. And he's like, Whatever the I hate my job. I want to move out of the valley. Like, I'm out of here. And I'm like, Brian, I hear there's this new thing called computer shaping. Let's start scanning surfboards. Let's scan Kelly Slater's surfboard with a probe and mass produce them. Your idea. It was both of our ideas. It definitely wasn't my idea. But Chaz Wickwire was part of it. Roger Hines was part of it. Uh, Rich Harbour was part because of it. Because you're talking a quarter was, of a million dollar machining. That's it was a huge, super technology. Yeah, know, and I like, was like 23 years yeah, old. Yeah, like, yeah, like, there's, 21 years old, excuse me. Um, but, but, so Brian and I talk each other into this. And we're like literally building um, four by eight. We would go to Home Depot. We would buy a four by sheet of plywood, and I'm like, "This is how we're going to hold the surfboard when it's being milled by this uh, router that we've never seen before and no have no idea how to program." Like we were that like naive. I, I was going to say something yeah. really bad right there. Yeah, naive. Yeah. So was uninformed. Uninformed. So there, there was already a CNC. Uh, KKL was doing KKL it. KKL was already doing do it. Do you remember that? I kind of do. Yeah, because they were do. the cat's meow. Like, it was So you, you went, okay, Brian, you hate your job. Let's do this together. Yeah. Okay. And he, and he said, okay, well, I live in Studio City and you live in Seal Beach, so we have to meet in the middle in Torrance. And I'm like, okay. So we have to drive to work at four in the morning to make sure that we don't deal with LA traffic. Uh, and we built this little business. It was rad. And met people like Dennis Jarvis and Half Jacobs and Rennie Yader and Bill Stewart and Al Merrick. Um, met, the, like, how did you have to, like, sell it to them? Or did they know? And how did that, like, you I know? had to sell it to some people, Jay. Yeah. Because, um, like, I went to Rusty Prize. Because there's a lot of people that are like, oh, that's, you know, I went to I'm Rusty. old school. Yeah. And I then some to... are like, dude, I'm all for it. I could build twice as many boards, like business sense versus old school. That yeah, You're in that middle is... tier. What was the company called? It's called ProCamp. ProCamp. Brian's Pro-Camp. Choice. Yeah. Um, he was the boss. Um, but I went to Rusty and talked to him about it. And I went to Gary Linden and talked to a bunch of guys that, like, are you kidding? Like royalty of the yeah. surf industry. Okay, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Procam. Yeah. You built your own CNC machine. <laughs> you want to hear the whole story? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Brian and I are like, all right, we're doing this. And this is pre-internet. There's no... Or, yeah. or it's no, like right YouTube. at the beginning of it. Right at the beginning of it. There's no YouTube fucking tutorials. There's nothing. Yeah. Right? And there is certainly no one telling you how this all works. In, not in the surfboard world, but they're using it in other industries. But Yeah. Like, I'm opening a beer right now. No, it's good. Um, Ashland. Yeah. <laughs> and Ashland right uh, now. Uh, yeah. Shoots. It's all good. 
Ashlyn, love you. Um, yeah, but like, you know what I mean? Like what? So I'll, I'll the literature you. that you have to do research on is yeah. all other industries. So it's Brian not- and I, like I'm in my Q outfits from, you know, Quicksilver <laughs> that Willie Morris used to rep. It wasn't Generation X? No, it was Q. Q Remember was Q? fucking awesome. No, it was, but. That was pre-like. So- yeah, I love Q. It's pu- it's it's definitely pre uh, Waterman's, yeah. right? Um, it was fucking really cool. So I loved it. Lindsay and I find this company called Thermwood in Indiana. And we're like, all right, dude, we gotta buy flights to fucking Indiana and not look like complete transplants. And we need to show up, and so we buy our flights. I don't remember how much they were. We stop at Arby's and grab a sandwich, and they look at us like Love Arby's. Yeah, not in Indiana. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then we show up at Thermwood, and they basically make uh, woodworking equipment, CNC machines, computer numerical control machines that have dual spindled routers that make doors or you know like decorative products, you know that yeah. are milled. And we're, we tell them, we're like, hey, this is what we're trying to do. And they're like, yeah, we've, we had these guys from San Diego, KKL, come and ask us about this. Wow. We, we don't think we can offer a solution for you. So we flew home dejected. And then we found another source um, that would custom make the range. like the, So these things move in, in three planes, X, Y, and Z, right? So X... Y and Z, and I did that incorrectly, but basically they have to move in three dimensions in order to mill a surfboard. We found a company that we really liked. We ended up finding an engineer who has since passed away um, who would help us build the fixture, which was the the tool that would hold the blank with. Because like these companies are like, they're used to holding a flat door you know, um, they're not used to holding an object that has all sorts of all these different to it. sizes yeah. and rocker. Yeah, totally. so it's got to exactly. be yeah, it's got to be very. Ex- the perfect. setup is everything. Perfectly put. Yeah, so that's. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. Sometimes he can come up. So with Brian that. and I would drive from <laughs> Torrance to San Diego to meet with Jerry Mormon, our our uh, uh, since passed away. Design factor, um, and then back up, and we'd be like, "God, it's thicker on one side." And then we go back to down, down to Jerry, and we're like, "What can we do?" Well, change the vacuum pump, change the this, change the that. It's not centered properly, and we would drive back and forth, back and forth. And I would work until two in the morning. Brian would work. We would he would pick me up at four or five in the morning. We would work till two in the morning, and then we finally got it right. Like we finally turned it into a business. Was it a one blank setup, or were you on the machines too? So it would. But you had to do the same thing. But like it, but the, you had to set up, yeah. mirror copies. Mirror yeah. copies. Yeah. Okay. So fascinating. Was K- KL the the first CNC? Yes. And they were really good. Like and they were doing six hundred spiders a week and six hundred Channel Islands a week. And, and how did you hear of them? Uh, gosh, I think Chaz Wickwire probably told me a little bit about it. Okay. Um, and then, and then you and Lindsay are sitting there talking like, what do we do? Like, once you know, once you know something's possible, you're like, yeah, we could do it. That's fucking 
crazy to me. But Lyndon, think about it. Like once you know something can be done, you're like, yeah, not only can I do it, but I can do it better. Like that's always been my that's, approach. That's yeah. the difference between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, that's not right. No, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like, that's, that's crazy and awesome that you guys did that. We were just kids. I know. And you were just like, kids. Yeah. That, that, you know, there's, there's a, to, to create your own business is, I mean, there's so many fucking things you have to consider and think about. And then the hard work behind it. The right? scary and work. And the sacrifice yeah. of, of your life, you know, working. I think it's the scary but, but, stuff where you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. You know? But pre-marriage, pre-kids, pre real world you just kind of fucking do it yeah you know yeah and what you didn't get out of tom carey my little brother <laughs> when you guys interviewed him is i lived in his room like yeah i lived at his parents house like driving our delivery van yeah and my wife fortunately who was my girlfriend then was like oh she was a school teacher but she's like okay he's yeah hopefully they'll figure this out yeah and, and that's kind of awesome because a lot of people you know, whether you're, you know, you've built brands or you're successful, they're like, oh, look at that guy, you know, he killed it and, oh, he's so lucky. But it's this yeah. lead up to that, which is the freaking grind, the hours, the freaking risk and everything that people don't really take into consideration because they don't really know and, a lot of times. And you two who have no business or no <laughs> Hey, but they're fucking surfers and they rip. So yes, you know that's, what? That's what well, like, Brian Lindsay did. <laughs> that's what's fucking awesome about the His story. Style is so good that I've never heard, and I'm sure millions of people haven't heard, which is really neat to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, wow, like you guys. Okay, so you you how long did it take for you to make it a business? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Uh, not not spend all your money on blanks that you're I mean, we were chopping up on, like a freaking we were living on nothing and I remember my buddy Jack who worked for us like we had this like little two by four frame like we, we built all the racks and I remember Jack carrying like three harbors and I'm like Jack maybe just carry. I'm thinking to myself like just carry one at a time he's carrying three and he knocks all of them into the top like like ruins three blanks. Like, so, so they're triple stringer blanks that have already been milled that, you know, the blank itself is like a $120. At least. Our milling price was going to be another $90. Our delivery price was going to be another, you know, $40. And I'm like, Jack, that just cost blah, 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 blah. I, I just remember so many sickening moments like that. You know, Brian and I both do. Yeah. Like, and, and I remember Jack once he hit it, he's just like, it, it, I don't know. You, hey, we're fucking longboarders now, boys. Yeah. No, I'm like, too, too bad we didn't have like. Be a, one for you, one for you, one for you. I'll see you at warm water WTF. tomorrow. Yeah. We can cut them in half today and like stamp will make. Uh, uh, but no, boards. but that, that's stuff that just shit happens without, you know, like you. So. Yeah. What was the. Um, did you guys split up duties of and roles? Pretty much. Yeah. Brian's like he's so mechanical or... smart. Like he 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 understands um, we both understand process really well, but Brian 
um, understands detail and how to program. He doesn't have my ADHD where he can sit down and understand exactly how a design software works. He can understand exactly how our CNC machine worked. And I didn't have the patience for that. And he was perfect at that. But Brian hates talking to customers. Yeah. Like he really hates it. So was Harbor your first customer? No. Um, I think Chaz was. Okay. Um, and Roger Hines might have been right there. Uh, Dennis Jarvis, who's a dear friend of mine, was right there with us. So, like we had some really wonderful early patient customers. Yeah. And we wouldn't have succeeded had we not had. Um, what what years was this? or excuse me uh 1996 jeez yeah so way back before well kind of during when spider was blowing up it was exactly yeah 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 okay i mean dennis so we were the first to do the elliptical cut on the machine um where it would take uh ian and Barry Vandermeulen were the were Dennis's uh, big production shapers. Then. Yeah. And once we started delivering those shapes to Ian and and Barry, they're like, "Fuck, brute, we can do these in ten minutes." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they were just they loved it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was fun. You know, it's wow it's about eliminating you know errors you know for a surfer you know we're always looking for that magic board and again there's you're in that crossroads in 96 or whatever where the old school versus the new school that are like hey we got a fucking we're we're trending we got all these athletes we could sell way more boards if we had you Jay, know who were you getting boards from back then uh pesh i was in the 90 well it was uh asaku a39 okay um, yep. when I started writing for Servant Sport, you know, before that was Timponi, but Asaku, but the great thing about Quicksilver and Danny and Richard and their, their love for CI is, you know, I do feel kind of like a shop sponsor, but because of Quicksilver, I was able to get all these Merricks and I was like a team writer. I call up the, you know, like team manager and order boards, but DK would just have like, Hey, I'm putting an order in. What do you want? Yeah. And I would just like, and fucking 20 boards show up in his office and everybody's grabbing like their boards, you know? And, uh, so I was getting eight thirty nines and then that, and then yeah. kind of when I started pro is Pesh, yeah. you know, because I was getting paid from some Japanese sponsor, like a bunch of money, which was unheard of for, you know, being a surfboard sponsor is you're lucky to get free boards, you know, but Pesh was all, they're all awesome. I mean, I had great boards from everybody. And then towards the end, there was, uh, uh, Jeff Doc Lausch and then um, and then I just poured out and then now I'm stamps once mostly. they uh, got off the computer did you notice anything uh, different um like consistency wise or magic board wise not really uh, Pesh had a he had a profile machine he had a profile machine and yeah. that was pretty consistent um but I don't remember. I never even asked like which came off, like hand shapes or or machine but shapes you didn't or whatever. Notice it when you were competing, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I only rode for guys that where I was really comfortable with, knowing I, I I didn't give them too much of my opinion. I just say, hey, this is like 
the size that works for me and yeah. the volume and and the boards I got were really good. He so. wasn't competing, dude. He so, was just trying to get shots and video parts. Yeah. <laughs> I look really good on the beach. Uh, but the, the no. show's not about late night. Super no. handsome. Yeah. You know, I had a so, really good mullet at the time. So you pro know? cam. <laughs> so pro cam. Became a successful and still is business. It was good. Yeah. 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 So how long did you? I did that until... Um, call it early 2000s and um, I, I, I was kind of getting sick of being dusty to be honest with you um, and yeah, you're in a workshop yeah and I, and I love like I love what Brian and I built and I love Brian and Will for the rest of my life but I was like dude I don't want to be dusty for the rest of my life so I went back to business school um, I was getting after usd or was no that... it's before okay. yeah and went and got interested there were a few things that i was lacking um that i really knew i wanted to get good at and one was like finance like i i knew i didn't understand based on my high school or college education i didn't know accounting as well as i wanted to i didn't know economics i didn't know corporate finance there are a bunch of things that like when I would sit in a room with certain people I'm like this motherfucker knows more than me and I don't like that <laughs> yeah I, don't, I, I, I didn't like it yeah um, and so it's a good room to be in though you know like that means you're you're associating yourselves with you know gosh I just didn't like it yeah yeah so I I immediately started focusing on that and that kind of like it kind of uh, put a wedge in between me and Brian uh, temporarily, uh, like we're still best friends, but um, I ended up getting a call from Quok. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, Colby, I hear you're in business school. We don't have a lot of, you know, guys that grew up surfing for us that know how to work a calculator. So, would you Are mind you coming in? For, See? Yeah, would Again, you mind coming in for an interview? That that's a that's what we're missing in this fucking industry. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to sidetrack or bar, but I just want to emphasize that." We need to hire within, and there's a lot of fucking smart people, and there's a lot of people that aren't going to be the pro surfer route or whatever, but they have a skill set that could be very beneficiary to our industry that are fucking surfers. Yeah. Hire fucking surfers, people. (laughs) So wait, wait. (laughs) Sorry. So you, you, you're at ProCam, you're going back to business school to elevate your knowledge of finance and... Yeah. And Quack calls you out of the blue. Calls me out of the blue. And then he's such an asshole. And Wait, you know this about Have him. you been like conversing with them at all? Like this nah, whole time? Not really. I was like modeling for them with Kelly on some like. Give us a blue stick. During this now. thing? Yeah. During, I mean, yeah. like when was the last time that you. <laughs> no, did it was that? like when they were doing the Rolling Stone and GQ stuff. Yeah. Like, um, so like I was in touch with Danny. Okay. Um, but how many but years? Just, but that's mainly because of Taylor. So Taylor was an Ann, okay. who is like one Amazing. of my best friends. Yeah. Like, because like he was. I talk to Taylor every single day. Taylor's like, Rob, we need a, you know, we need a model, and I know you don't really surf that well anymore, but <laughs> you could go sit in for this thing. Um, while you're at Pro Camp. While I was at Pro Camp. Okay. Yeah. Taylor and I are like, are 
inseparable at that point. Rob, are you making ends meet? All right, I'm going to throw you a couple of gigs. All right. Oh, gonna... and, and Jay, it was like 500 bucks. <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. but I'm just saying. And some clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But that's, um, you know, that's the network. Yeah. But um, yeah, so Quok like pulls me in and he's like, cool, I don't, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want you to be um, too excited about this because this could be nothing. Because we're talking to a guy from Harvard Business School, but we thought you'd be a nice person to interview for this. And I ended up getting a job. Great dig, but a perk. He always does that. A little, yeah. little dig, but hey. Yeah. Under promise. No, he's <laughs> always like happy to punch you in the stomach, but like lift you up. Yeah. You yeah. know, like two Just seconds. Just saying there's later. other candidates. Yeah. And, and he Gosh. ended up hiring me. Yeah. For what position? It was like the, the Harvard Business School. The guy is that fucking kook. Yeah. He's for, like, for, yeah. For what? We'll get Colby for less money. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> this guy can do some things. Hey, throw some, guy... cl- throw some clothes at him, throw him a freaking catalog yeah. shoe, and then make what him runner book. What was the position that you were getting? The, remember the Quicksilver Entertainment thing that Danny was doing? Yeah. yeah. Which was actually super cool. I, I thought it was wonderful. There were some internal conflicts around it, but um, I... Ended up uh, taking that job with Danny. Brian and I talked about it. And Brian's like, hey, dude, you can't do both. Um, so I got out of ProCam, got into Quicksil- Quicksilver, finished business school. And that's what I ended up doing. For a so what, what were you doing? What was your role at the, the Quicksilver division? Um, we, uh, we did a bunch of things, which were, you know, in retrospect, like kind of rad. Uh, we produced a series of uh, girls' books called Luna Bay, um, which were girls fiction, uh, uh, girls fiction series. We did the Surf Girls uh, series with MTV. Wow. Um, We did a VOD channel, which is pre what we now know as streaming. Um, Video on demand? Yeah, which was basically, which I did with Cox Cable and and a couple of other cable uh, providers that were basically taking surf videos and making them available at your whim yeah um gosh i'm missing a few dude we did we did five four three two one with fox um which was at the time what was that stupid thing called on fuel tv or fox yeah fuel Yeah. yeah we basically helped launch fuel um uh helped co fund um a couple of different films um including uh, Tribes of Palos Verdes, um, like I, all sorts of, like, call it marketing, entertainment, marketing and entertainment um, properties that would make surfing more mainstream. Visible. Yeah, more visible. Yeah, yeah. But you also got to think like Quicksilver. By then, it's like generational brand. You know, you got to like okay, how, yeah, like how do we? excess like how do we reach all these different demographics and that's where it gets tricky as a brand like you got to figure out how to stay cool how to grasp that young guy but stay you know and that was respectful to the old dude danny danny and bob were really good about that you know bob had that vision danny had that vision yeah Um, and matt jacobson who went on um to be one of the early guys at facebook like was part of that too wow crazy so your role in this entertainment division. I was a lackey. Yeah. SVP I, business development. No, that was later. Oh, yeah. okay. So, but 
It I wasn't, wasn't an SUV. You weren't like if anything. Yeah, you, I was in a cubicle next to my friend Maria Barnes. <laughs> yeah, she's like, we're you, gonna cut what that do out. Do? He was a <laughs> vice president of something special. But you're, uh, they hired you for for finance. like finance. Yes, and maybe entrepreneurial. Yeah. Uh, call it chutzpah. You know, like I, I could go get after. Yeah, a project. But what I'm saying is like you, you, you. They hired you for like finance ideas, but you were doing you you evolved into something different, right? I think what Danny liked is that I could communicate with the marketing staff, and they knew me, and they're like, "Okay, Rob, I'm I'm not the enemy. Like I'm a good guy. I grew up with most of these guys, like Roger Russell or." Mo Torres or Mark Oblo, like yeah. any of these guys would look at me and they're, they wouldn't see me as like some dipshit that came yeah. from outside. Like they'd go, you know what? Yep. If he wants to sit down and chat about a, a concept, we're going to sit down with him. So I had credibility in that way, but I could also run a calculator, you know, so it yeah. was a, a, a weird sure little mix. Sense. So, yeah. and then I got lucky because people like Randy Hild or Steve Tolley or Bob McKnight or, you know, Bill Boussier, you name it, Steve, um, Steve Brink, the CFO, like, they're like, okay, he's like, he's okay with the guys down in the marketing pit, but he also yeah. isn't a We'll keep the budgets in line and not yeah, go he's crazy. Not a complete. Yeah. Because that's a, <laughs> he's a surfer, but not he's a not, fucking surfer. Well, he's not illiterate. <laughs> well, yeah. most marketing people want, unlimited budgets but that's unrealistic you know yeah. and then the, the company is like hey we gotta we gotta do cool shit and we gotta stay relevant and do stuff different from her but there's that you know you're that middleman that like no. help bridge yeah. that you yes. know i wouldn't mean middleman is bad but, but you are yeah right? but you're you're communicating with a business finance sense but you're I making I it love cool how shit. both sides jeff yeah. like including like back to taylor well taylor is super smart in that way as well like but I'd be like, all right, dude, like, our, this is what we're dealing with. Like, we've, let's, let's make, make this make sense. Or let's talk about a payback period. Or let's talk about, you know, things that are going to make sense to these guys that are talking to uh, Wall Street analysts. Which, you know. <laughs> Fucking yeah. numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So, how long did you do that position? And then you got elevated, Probably like right? like 2006 or seven. 2007, I think. Yeah. And I mean, this is the heyday of the industry. It was and so 2005, and like, six, and seven. Well, right? 2000 to oh, yeah. those. And it was roaring years. I yeah. mean, you guys were it was buying up brands. You guys were taking new categories by storm. You're opening store. I mean, it wasn't just. It was so much fun. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and very positive, you know, like there were, there were no layoffs, you know, it was like. Everything was healthy. Positive. It was yeah. healthy well, business. I, what I I love, and we talk about this, how Quicksilver is a surf brand, but it became a big business. And it, it's yeah. gnarly how big it became and it kind of got out of control, right? Yeah. But they still had people with, it's, it's, dorky to say but salt in their veins in the building it's not dorky it's true it's yeah. true like yeah. that's what i love about the yeah. company and they were like trying to set it up as a heritage brand because like 
these other companies that are non-endemic, Nike, Quicksilver, or not, not sorry, oh. Nike, Hollister. Vans, Levi's, Hollister. it's all about cradle to grave, right? Yeah. Uh, of trying to engage with that customer from cradle to grave, right? That's how you become once you once you're a heritage brand, a heritage brand, yeah. right? And Quicksilver, you know, what I love about it is like they started really attacking or not attacking, but like specializing in segmenting. Each, yes, in, in in each demographic, not just like men, women, but like age, right? Yeah. And, Water, and Watermans, you know, which, which you, was a which, big point of contention. Which yeah, yeah. which you done and. Yeah. But the but the you know you, you have Tom Carroll right, who's like undeniable, yeah, who's all, who's still on the program right, and then you have guys like Keckley who ran the East Coast, you know what I mean? Like there was uh, a division for every segmentation, and like Young Guns and like you the, know what I mean? You you were fostering new. Uh, the Tom Holbrooks and the Glenn Moncadas and yeah. the Bob McKnights and the Danny Quacks. The lineage is they so crazy. They took care of everyone from Keck to yeah. uh, to you know to Marvin back in the day to to Mickey. I remember when Mickey um, got out of jail. It was like yeah, the, I, that's when I was looking after the the U.S. operation, and it was like there's no question. Like as soon as Mickey shows up. He's got a job. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Mickey Nielsen was the freaking best dude who ever showed up there. Yeah. You know, so there was this there was this loyalty to the heritage. There was a loyalty to Hawaii. There was a loyalty to obviously Australia. Um, I, I have a lot. I, I don't know. I have a ton of respect for what, again, what Bob, what Tom um, Holbrook, what Danny Kwok, what Steve Tolley. Yeah. Um, it's built, in, it's incredible what Bruce Raymond built. Like, yeah, dude, there's some and Alan Green, obviously. Like I didn't know him, but he's a wonderful well, character yeah. as well. We you know Quicksilver is Quicksilver. We know they were the first to go public in the surf world. You know, yep. they were the first to, you know, an Australian brand that made the U.S. their home. Like that was the the the, the headquarters and. So many people we've talked to, probably the most, Quicksilver has been brought up the most. Yeah. And Billabong and, you know, her, you know, those other brands that, but there's a lot of things that, that come with coming first, you know, yeah. mistakes and people learn from yeah. them and stuff. But yeah. like they set the precedent and they set the stage of what can and cannot be done. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, industries, surf or skate and different things come cool for a year or two or fashion changes. And, and you know, you got to ride that in economy but they freaking have really, you know. They employed um, so many people. So many people, and that's you and you guys. We were talking about this uh, before we we started, but that's the thing that kind of breaks my heart the most. Is like, dude, I loved walking my kids to school in Seal Beach and seeing thirty people, thirty parents, you know, walking their kids to school, going yeah, because Quicksilver headquarters her, around you know, the corner. I see him, you know, like that. They're we're we're showing up at the same place today. And that doesn't exist anymore. And that that breaks my heart. Like, yeah. That super breaks my heart. But it's also kind of in the surf shop level as well. You know, you, you would expect like the local surf shop would have the 
the best ripper kids that are just you know but there's they a little afford it anymore there's a definitely like it's a trickle down where you know now i'm going to the shops and i'm like half the kids here don't even yeah. surf you know where before it'd be you like employees yeah yeah like employees like you know before you'd be like dude I don't see you in the lineup every day. I don't think you're going to get a job here. Sorry. You know? Yeah. It's a little, you know, back then it was a little more gnarly than PG today. But, yeah. You know what I mean? It's totally. And it's not a prestigious, like, position at the surf shop level that it used to be, you know? But, yeah. It's just changed. It'll get back Business there. has changed. I think it'll get back there. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely changed, though. Yeah. Um, but quick, you know. And you, I think, I, you know, I mean, you, you know it, Jay, with, uh, a couple of boys that surf like it's like their idea of surfing is a little different you know yeah. like my son I yeah he did the WSAs and the NSSAs and and all that stuff and it just wasn't um wasn't for him he wasn't he wasn't you know in a in a place where he could win um lost interest in it pretty quickly and it wasn't fun the same way that it might have been fun for all of us where it was kind of like a big beach party, you know? That's what I remember it as. Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever you got. Yeah, because I, I never won anything, but I loved being at those things, yeah. you know? Yeah, was, and that's where the friendships and the bonding and everything comes from, and that's where you, you know, it's the same thing if the kids play soccer or my kids play water polo. It's like, it's not about the wins, yeah. losses. It's about the camaraderie, camaraderie. And, the, and the friendship bonds, you know? Yeah. And again, our our friendship bonds happened to be in the surf world early yeah. and you know, and it helped us to where we're at, yeah. but you make friendships in, in high school, college, business partner, you know, like throughout the years and those circle of friends kind of change. It's not. So Quicksilver, then, then what? Back from a break. So Badly needed next break. Step, next step in the career at Quicksilver. Post. No, after the entertainment thing, um, Your movement up, yeah. So finance, I, yeah. I uh, was maybe identified as a guy that showed up early and left late, and got a few opportunities to um, to you know jump into business development roles. Uh, head of Latin America, um, which we, are huge fucking jumps. They were big um but i I, incredible learning experiences they were great and i but i had you know like benefactors like quok like randy hild uh like tom holbrook like steve tully um and and joe scirocco a few others that really looked after me um and so i got to you know i got to experience (laughs) preparation for a board meeting you know when you're a public company um uh, a lot of international travel and getting to know how to work with international partners. And that's, I mean, guys, that's like the craziest thing. Going from the U.S. to France and earning trust over there or going from the U.S. to Mexico and earning trust there, it's, you don't do that by Zoom. You know, you do that by spending time with them, yeah. spending time with their families inviting them to your house you know i i i you know and i thank my wife for this but like there were so many times where my wife and i were like okay we've got the whole french sap integration team sap is a big software tool that we integrated at quicksilver um 
we have to go to Costco. We got to get a, like a filet mignon loin, and I want to cook it with our French friends because they're away from their families this weekend, yeah. and they're going to be here all week next week, and I want them to feel at home. Yeah, you know. And so we spent a lot it's a of hospitality. Time. Yeah, it, it's it's, but it's earning like, trust and it's bonding and it's yeah. talking stories and family and it's not just business. Like there's a bit, there's there's hours in the day for business is. They're the same as you, but just living somewhere and else. Welcome, welcoming them into your home. Yeah. You know, like these are lessons that I wouldn't have learned were it not for Quicksilver. Like I've really learned a lot from Bernard, Mariette, uh, and from McKnight and, you know, and to some degree, Danny. But it was like, hey, dude, and, and Pint, obviously, like you let these guys into your home and they you Work begin hard to, for you. Well, you begin to trust each other. Yeah. You know, they know your kids. Yeah. They, they, you know, they know you're, I don't know, you're not, um, it, it strengthens the trust and bond and, you know, when it comes down to it, they're going to work a little bit harder and make better decisions for the company. And, and I, and, and I think for human beings like all of us, what you say is I just like, I trust that guy. He's yeah. been to my house. He trusts me because I've been to his house yeah. and I spent a lot of time on building those relationships. Yeah. So that was the, the, the call it post, you know, um, entertainment division yeah. era of my Quicksilver life. So we'll fast forward to the different roles. You became president at Quicksilver? Of the Americas region. Yeah. So it was, you know, we, we had three different regions. We had Europe, um, we had Asia Pacific, and then we had the Americas. Asia Pacific, you know, encompassed, you know, uh, South Korea all the way down to Australia, um, including Japan. Um, Europe was a giant animal, uh, which I think we had like 350 stores there. And then the Americas region that I was responsible for was basically Canada all the way down to the to to the tip of South America, North um, Canada, America, Central, all South, all of yeah, yeah, um, all which, of America, and which, we, which and the, probably it was a billion dollars in revenue. <laughs> yeah. And it Big was, part. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I had a thousand employees in Huntington Beach, but I, but I think. Writ large, we had like 3,500 employees and about Jeez. 180 stores. Yeah. In, in the Americas region. That's so amazing. So it, it was a big deal. So would you like, when you think about it and you, you know, each step in your career at Quicksilver, did you like stop and like look at yourself and go, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Right? Like. Yeah. My it's, dad did in particular. He's like, what? Yeah. Because I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt to work, you know? And my dad's like an attorney and drove yeah. drove in a three-piece suit up to, and I don't mean to diminish my dad, but because he's a hard-ass worker, yeah. but uh, drove to Pasadena every day in a three-piece suit and a VW Bug. And he didn't understand what the heck I was doing. Yeah, and a, he would show up at annual meetings and he was very proud and super supportive but it was yeah it was a different sort of thing and you're and you're going three miles down the down the way give yeah. or take and i got home in six minutes one day yeah <laughs> and because i made every light yeah. and when the waves were good you're taking surf breaks 
I love that about Quicksilver. That you know, and yeah. and and we talked to other people in the industry because, you know, the, some business the, with the hubs, Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa, Newport hub, yeah. and it's like I love Range Rovers that. and wetsuits in the, the the front yard of the buildings. You know, and, the parking lot. Yeah, with wetsuits draped over the mirror. I loved like, surfers. Yeah, yeah, seeing that like, I would see it when I was going to lunch because I would get there earlier than Ryan Keenan. By the way, Ryan, if you're listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved, I loved that. Yeah, I loved seeing everyone going surfing and going surfing at lunch, and I would do it, you know, as much as you could, you know, as much as I could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How crazy is of... it that you know here you are going back to um, you trying to be a pro surfer and moved to Australia for eight months, and then coming back and abandoning surfing for what? three years trying to be the pro and then, surfer and running quicksilver a few years later and then all of a sudden you start this company milling surfboards and then bam quicksilver and how long was that like from from you're there 15 years give or take it's a while yeah uh gosh uh is that your last role at quicksilver as president of america's yeah 2015 or 2014 2015 yeah I left in in Feb of 2015 what was the we had a new guy come in um, who replaced Bob McKnight as the CEO Bob's still uh, the figurehead at Quicksilver today Um, he's the face of the brand yeah and Bob's he's my guy like I I live for that dude he's everybody's guy he is the guy yeah uh, the new guy that came in to replace Bob was not like Bob, was not a guy that I connected with, and so it became pretty apparent that I needed to hit the road. So I hit the road. And were you? <laughs> Did you have an exit strategy or? No, I actually like our head of HR um, said to me, "Who's who is a friend?" Um, she's like, "Hey, your contract is coming due at such and such time." And they're changing your reporting structure, so you're no longer reporting to the CEO. You're going to report. I, you're going to report to so and so. You can call your contract and get your severance and just disappear. Because they broke a contract, kind of. They they basically put me in a position where I could call my severance in, uh, which I did. Good for you. <laughs> but I all I also knew that they were close to, to going bankrupt. Um, which, you know, thank you, USC. Like I, I knew what was coming. Saw writing on the wall. Yeah. And so like six months into my 18 month severance, uh, the check stopped coming and I I called my wife and I'm like, I didn't call her. I actually talked to her over a cup of coffee. I'm like, babe, we got, we got to make some, I got to figure some shit out. Yeah. (laughs) So that doesn't, that's not guaranteed. Well, it was, yeah. Until you go Until bankrupt. You go bankrupt. Oh, yeah. and then, yeah. yeah. So it was a you lot had of money. twelve months left yeah. on the, yeah, on your yeah. contract. Can I ask you what your highest salary was? At that's one a point personal. Time? That's personal, dude. <laughs> we, we throw that out there. This guy, he's all about numbers. Well, uh, Lyndon, it would, it, it was, was big. it was a lot. No, it was, it, it, it's just like kind of a disgusting number to think that. You're not gonna get, you know, when, <laughs> <laughs> when they go bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you have like two kids but, in college, and and you, know. you have a bunch of. I shares. hate. To, I'm sorry to laugh, but I mean, it's 
It was gnarly. It was, it was shocking. Yeah. yeah. But I, I and, you and knew, the, dude, but good, I knew it was coming. You, hey, yeah. Good for you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to be able to accomplish what you did and work for that company for that long. And, you know, like. It was the best company, Lyndon. Like, I really, love it. I loved working for Danny Kwok. I loved working for Tom Holbrook. I loved working for Bob McKnight. Yeah. I loved working for Joe Scirocco. Like, these were the best guys. Yeah. Like, the best guys. Greg Ziegler. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could list 50 of them who were just wonderful mentors to me. And Can I ask you what your opinion is of, like, how do you, how do they, how do you not get to that position of being sold to what they're doing? ABG now? or whatever they yeah. are. Yeah. Is there it, can a lot you, of bad decisions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have an opinion. Please <laughs> <laughs> oh, share. A strong opinion. Yeah. Um, differentiation. I mean, like you, you have to make good stuff, and I like that. That is job one. Is you can't be one of the 50, which is what I unfortunately think a lot of retail looks like. When we were little kids. As far as designer quality, both. Because th- to me, they go hand in hand. Like, you got to have, you got to be on trend and have the design and, and a point of difference. But it's also got to be good quality because you're paying a premium at our retailers. And, and Jay raises a good point. Um, I'm Jay sells tons of volume of um, like apparel that is priced right it's designed right it's going to fall into the hands of someone who wants to look cool at a beach Um, I have a different like view and I don't want to ever um, I think Quicksilver really got off the path when um I couldn't get Kelly or Dane or anyone to wear our wetsuits. And I'm like, we're making wetsuits, but they won't wear them because mm. they don't fit or because the quality sucks, you know, whatever. Like, that's one thing that Patagonia would never do. Like, they would just never do that. Like, they would always put equipment first. Like, if you're going to go do something and that's what your brand stands for, make your shit work. And that's something that Bob was always dogmatic about, but I think we probably, when we were trying to scrape points on gross margin or whatever, uh, made some mistakes um, on the design side and the and the sourcing side. So, like, I like if if I could do it again at Quicksilver, and I wish I had a longer runway. um, My whole focus was on like. Let's make the best wetsuits. Let's make the best uh, equipment for travel. Uh, let's make the best, the, the best board shorts. Let's make all of these things that are actually the, the um, pieces of equipment that you use to go surfing the very best in the world. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what a great topic to bring up because right now, Stab just put out their wetsuit review and Quicksilver was not even in the top five they were barely scratching top 10 yeah you know and somebody that's been in the rubber business for that long somebody that's that you know a powerhouse you would think they would have and again 
they're a clothing, they're, they're a lifestyle, you know, they make everything outerwear, you know, they, they, they're not just a wetsuit brand, which they're yeah. competing against some and I, companies that are just wetsuit, but you would think, again, to your point, like, they sacrificed a couple somewhere things down the line. I wish that, you know, part of me is, is like, super, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I like how, don't how make me Bob... Look is a businessman and a surfer, but and a good dude and a great dude, <laughs> but the the yeah. I don't know I I don't know what the answer is on like distribution and like acquisition and like you know what I mean. Well, the acquisition thing, Lennon, is like that that ship has sailed, right? So yeah. like Hurley's gone, what... like all the all these brands are gone. What I the boat I missed was figuring out how to make product that was compelling enough like Viore has done recently like uh, Lululemon did shortly before them yeah I just like that's we how did you let those we failed to make product that was different and better than what existed and was easily copied at Target or at Costco or at fill in the blank retailer that became your typical $45 board short, which like none of us are gonna wear $45 board shorts. They yeah. suck, you know? We love our, I mean, all of us have examples of board shorts that we probably still have yeah. that yeah. we got when we were little guys. That well, are like, Quicksilver, again, the Dobby, right. the Dobby, you know, like putting out the yep. textured, you know, non-chafing, like, you know, you have to have a reason to and, exist. Like yeah. you have to. Be, we're 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 in action sports. And... It's got to be innovative. It's got to be technical. Gotta... We're all, I wouldn't just say humanitarians, but you know, we're earthers. Meaning, like we want to protect textile industry. Is it's bad, you know? It's, and it's too easily copied these days. We gotta so be. You gotta forward. like okay. Like you have to have a point of view. Yeah. Okay. You leave Quicksilver. Yep. You didn't have an exit strategy. Well, I, I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back and collect the Benjamins. Wait, did you have stock options and you were oh. able to play that? <laughs> Huge yeah. stock package. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. No. Okay. No. And guess what? It was worth. Really? Yeah. Donut. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, actually, th this is actually, I'm happy to share this. Um, I was the first, Pierre Agnès, who um, has passed away, was like a real, like he's my big brother, like, yeah. uh, along with Craig Stevenson. Um, and along with Greg Healy and McKnight, like the, the, um, the group of us had pretty significant stock packages. And I hated this fucking new CEO so much that I left. Like I dropped it all um and they could have been worth you know a a, a, a decent amount of money um so you, you like retirement money where you're you dropped it at a point where you should have held everyone it. on the board was like he's leaving but he has this that could potentially best hmm. um this guy might be a real problem and he turned out to be a problem and was fired three weeks later yeah so and then pierre took over um, and I'm like just broken hearted about his passing, but, um, yeah, so heavy. Yeah. 
just sucks. Did what did, a way to go though. Al Notion. Yeah. Yeah. Did, he's did, the raddest dude. Did Kelly's package pay off? I think, I think I think he did okay. I think I think he had the right I think he had the right mentorships on when to sell. Yeah, I, I think. I think he he's did. pretty rich. I think he did better than me. <laughs> Bob McKnight, uh, he's he's sitting so, all right. No, I'm just kidding. So quickly tell us what happened transpired next. Um, you had to come out of retirement. No, I I knew I wanted to do something, and I got really excited about inventions and they could be product inventions or business model inventions or you 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 name it um and i got super psyched on the direct-to-consumer idea this is you know again early 2015 uh, i got really excited about a running shoe that we had invested in at quicksilver that i thought would uh, change the way running shoes were made and how fast you could run a marathon, which ended up being true. Um, what was that? So it was a, we we had invented a carbon plate that would sit inside a, a midsole. So it had crazy bounce. Yeah, that would basically encourage running on your forefoot and has Amplify. now yeah. So Nike's like, <laughs> I remember we had a so my brand was called Ampla that we bought from Quicksilver, who had invested in it. And um, I remember getting an order from Trevor Edwards, who was the CEO or COO at Nike. Uh, who's the other guy at um, Under Armour? Anyway, like everyone bought one, like right when the Sports Illustrated article came out, and we just ran out of money. Yeah. Oh, so, damn. Yeah. Anyhow. Any of you guys want to invest in uh, running shoes? We still own the IP. <laughs> in the patent, but is I there got is there, is there? Yeah, no, we have we have IP. Um, yeah. But I was I got property. excited about just doing something different. What I didn't want to see were like shelves and shelves and warehouses full of different prints and different color blocking and different you know like boring shit that we've seen forever. I wanted to have two SKUs and sell a bunch of them and that's kind of where I focus my time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, simplify and, and the performance it, speaks for itself, which, and make something that deserves to exist. I mean, that's the big thing for me is like, we don't need another board show. We don't need another beach towel. We don't need another anything like you make something that deserves to exist. Yeah. And Which is hard in this day because, again, we, we, we're consumers, you know, and I think it's brainwashed, you know, like it's kind of a, it's, it's a bummer that we want, want, want versus Jay, need, need, need. But Jay, I remember when you had Matusas on yeah. the very first time, you're like, Rob, these things are insane. Like you loved that they were different. Well, they they one weren't petroleum based, you know, which was the Yamamoto, you know, message of limestone based materials. So yeah. the properties, and again, you could correct me, but it was a superior product um, in many ways. It was denser, but yet when they blew the nitrogen in, it was very uh, organized Whoa, cell, yeah. cell structure. So when they stretched, they Sales didn't break. They didn't break down. Whoa, dude! Yeah. Um, but you loved them. But I, they, they were 
They were better More, than what they existed. They were way yeah. better and warmer. and uh, They look cool, too. Well, they, they de- definitely <laughs> look cool. Check. The hydro seal, you know. But the the fact that you you didn't have to go th- like a warmer, thicker suit to stay as warm. Yeah. That was the selling. I, that was like, you don't have to put on a 4.3. Yeah. You can if you're a wuss like this guy over here. He wears it in the summer. I run like... I run, dare you? I run at fucking 8,000 8, RPMs all the time. I'm like, I'm sweating Take right it now. Easy. I'm sweating right now, bro. Okay. <laughs> Ampla. Then what? Uh, we uh, we did the neat essentials thing. Um, which, which was pretty successful. It was. And it was um, what I... So when I talk about inventions, Ampla was an invention in terms of the footwear technology. Need Essentials, I felt, was an invention in terms of the way that you would get a wetsuit to someone for a cheaper price. Without really, sacrificing quality. premium yeah, and quality. I, yeah. I really believed in that. And and we did a couple other things along those lines. Um, I did that for like seven years. Yeah. Yeah, it was... In, in, and it's been a good run. Um, I don't want to be an entertainment company I don't want to be um, I don't want to be Rip Curl 2.0 so I'm just trying to do something new now that really is focused on quality it's not an invention anymore the direct to consumer model has been out there for many years I mean uh, as you guys know um, well what I want to do now is like yeah we knew that was coming pre-pandemic like the direct-to-consumer, social media, you know, internet sales, and then that just hit and exploded with the, it went the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, it went bonkers. But, you know, I, it, it's, it's hard to... Um, what I want to build is basically like a little surf shop that sells to everyone from the Northeast to, uh, you know, to, uh, to Hawaii, to Australia... I really want to just build really high quality products and and do that even if it's a tiny business. Yeah, I don't I don't care. No, I love it. Yeah, and I that, love uh, and and that's a mindset based on you know the the business model you set up. But that mindset, if it's scaled right in all the right places, is actually a lot less cumbersome on waste and you know every everything else like. It's a mom and pop, small business that's global. That's <laughs> yeah, that, that runs twenty four seven. I mean, basically, I mean, we ship seven days a week. Um, I have my son and his buddies, uh, and a wonderful crew of guys working. Yeah, there. cheap labor, slave labor. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> just kidding. They ain't cheap. Yeah, I know. I'm, uh, his radiator just blew up the other yeah. day. Um, <laughs> and. I, I don't know if we want to, you know, tell, like, one of the best things to do as far as being a business owner and make it uh, profitable and long-term. Is, is, is legacy. Pass it down. But also owning the building. Which we do. Yeah. yeah. So we... Yeah, Which like, I think is, you know, important to kind of point I, out. I didn't think I told you that. Um, yeah. I, we got some random opportunity in Santa Barbara that was what year 
it was like very beginning of COVID. Um, and it's in a neighborhood. Can't believe you uh, didn't call me. I, I tried. Yeah, you didn't pick up. Whoa, you blew it, Lar. <laughs> At least you got a call. No. No, but yeah, Santa Barbara, what was, like, because of your college years there? Wife you just and I went family. to school up there. Yeah, that's like... Up there. Just, can you build a loft? Has it got a kitchen at and, like, a bathroom? Um, and, there's, like, yeah. a little place where you guys can stay. All right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Linden particularly. Yeah, Jay, if you're well behaved. Oh, I'm gonna just I'm dirty that place up. <laughs> so, so you, so we bought the place. Uh, my wife and I bought the place, um, and it's what's been fun about it is it's kind of a man cave where you're like, every week I go I go up every Monday morning and work with the boys who are doing the you know pick pack and ship, and we have a little showroom up there, but. What's fun is like kind of just goofing around with this little building and trying to make it better every That's day. That's insane. Yeah. How big is uh, the building? 7,500 feet. So not big. Yeah. yeah. But big enough for, for your business stuff. Plenty big. Yeah. And we actually service a couple of, I, I want to keep my little crew working. So we have like seasonal businesses that will come in uh, for 3PL work. Oh, nice. Yeah. And we just kind of like, yeah, just keep the, keep the place Moving product in and moving product out. So, again, it's a Colby Plus. Colby Plus is a wetsuit brand. Yeah. Yep. And then, can you you go through your incredible bags? Linden? (laughs) Yes, of course. Yeah. No, but the idea... We'll go go through the wetsuit... Yeah, but Linden, I think think the most important thing is back to what we talked about, which is... There has to be an ingredient brand. Like there has to be a Gore-Tex or a Yamamoto in our case. Um, the Plus. Yeah. The, so Colby Plus, which I was totally reluctant to do um, as a name. I just thought, you know what? If it's Colby Plus Scholler fabric from Switzerland, it will signal to Linden or Jay, like, you know what you're getting, yeah. you know? If it's Colby plus Gore-Tex, you know what you're getting. If it's Colby plus Yamamoto, you know what you're getting. And we, we did that with the bags. Um, and we're just gonna try and, again, like build, like I want it to be a little surf shop. Yeah, how many SKUs of bags do you have? Uh, we, we have three. Three, yeah. okay. And then we've got leash and traction coming out. We've so, got wetsuits, um, board shorts, um, it's, but it's going to be a simple line. Uh, unfortunately, only for men, at least on the wetsuit side. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to start small and kind of, you know. So you have work through it. a big duffel, right? 80 liters of... We could fit you in this, Lyndon. Yeah, I yeah. think I could scrunch up in there. I don't know. He's... Kind of a little heavy. I will kick you in the ding ding, bro. He's a little heavy. I don't know. And then you have that sick uh, flip top, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, honestly, like I'm a giant Patagonia fan, as you can probably see. Um, All welded seams, waterproof. Yeah. This is you can take it anywhere in the world. You, but show the camera. But Jay, like squeeze squeeze it. Like I pop this like a zit. I can't. You can't. <laughs> it's airtight. You can't sink. It's waterproof. That thing's it amazing. It's great. Do you have model names for them or no? Uh, tons I'm of working like on that. working yeah. on that. Tons yeah. of accessories. So it's, is it out yet? No. 
No. Yeah. September. Yeah. September 13th. So these guys are landing uh, on the 27th of this month, and then we'll have wetsuits for sale, call it the first week of September. But it's too damn warm to surf in a 3-2 right now. Yeah. Let alone a hooded 4-3. But... You, you know, not, it's, again, you're global. You know, you're not really yeah. just selling. We're local. only shipping Jay to Canada and the U.S. right now. Yeah. For now, Canada yeah. is fucking cold. <laughs> so, <laughs> bags. Yeah, three models. Bags, leashes, traction, wetsuits. Okay. Uh, board shorts are coming, which we're gonna build in the U.S. But what kind of what? Uh, what different leashes? Like six foot comp. Just. Typical, like a, a, a comp, a six-footer, um, a seven-footer, and then like a, a big wave mama um, with a quick release. Okay. Then it doesn't need to hear about that. Yeah. I want to I want to tell the people what oh, yeah, they're our, expecting, uh, yeah. bro. Come our on. listeners. And then uh, as far as uh, the wetsuits, you got... Full range. Jackets. 5-4 hooded. 4-3 um, hooded. Four three chest zip, uh, three two chest zip, um, two two short arm full. Which actually, all of the suits have liquid sealed seams from the armpits down, but to keep the upper body free, uh, do not have any of the liquid seal constraints. And uh, Melco tape across the the <laughs> the chest zip. I, I mean, guys, when you get your hands on this, it's it feels amazing. Otherworldly. No, I'm, and this I'm, is Yamamoto rubber, hundred percent. Yeah, and it's so it's it's forty and thirty nine. So forty up here, thirty nine in the body, and let it feel it. Yeah. And when you, what, why, for for me and for the novice and custom jersey, what what. What does Yamamoto represent? I think just um, for me, like perfection. So making sure that everything that comes off the production line uh, is going to meet standards that you know only the Japanese and Jay, you know this as well. Yeah. Like I wrote for Japanese rubber for many, many years. They look at every seam. They look at every. Meticulous. Of everything. Meticulous is the perfect word. Yeah. Um, and so ah. what we're trying to do is like I'll basically say, not only do you have like the perfect ingredient brand from Yamamoto, but you're going to get it for a, a price that isn't going to reflect um, a retail markup, which is a big deal. Yeah. It's, it's twice the price. Yeah. yeah. And it's refreshing because most really premium brands are are upselling based on that the name that they've developed over years you know like mm-hmm. you know and it's from watches to cars to you name it like jewelry it's everything they make up names they make yeah. up yeah, yeah. but and, and we're not trying to make them up no but you know the product sells itself once you try it on and once you feel it and you, you know so to be able to get that premium product at a lesser price point is very intriguing for most you know yeah and, and it's scary to buy from someone who's directly uh, online or ex- exclusively online. 
free exchanges, free returns, free repairs for the life of the suit. So if like, I order a large, but I feel like it's a little long, and then I return it for return a large short. Your shit back to you is free. And if you rip the seam out of it because you ran it over with your car, uh, you know, within the first year, we'll repair it for free. Linden, Stand behind your product. Lennon, yeah. don't don't be doing burnouts on your freaking product, bro. Yeah, please don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It feels really nice. So, again, you're launching the bags and... Bags are going to be in about a week and a half. Uh, Wetsuits are about a week away, and you can pre-order right now. Um, And then board shorts are a little further behind that. Leashes and traction are shortly behind... The bags, I would say, uh, call it mid-September. Nice. Yeah. I love it. I'm still Can we talk here. about the other thing, too? Ice bath? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, of course. What are we going to talk about? Dude. I don't know. You tell me. Hey, I am. My, I'm broken. I need an ice bath. Okay. Tell, tell, the, tell the story. <laughs> I can't move. Tell the good story. From from uh, it's not a good story. No, the goat story. Oh, Kelly, the goat story. Yeah, yeah. He'll get how how at me if I. No, just how you got injured and he told you to. I so I hadn't been surfing a bunch, had ear issues, um, and went out with Jamie Mulligan and Maddie, and uh, this was November of 2022, and fell like you know when you just like Wrench. kook fall like. You just surf aren't paying attention. Yeah, you're surfing. Boom. Hit my head down uh, the wrong way and felt a crack. And Did could, you hit the sand or did you just did nah, the water? just water. I would, yeah. I would, but just yeah. aggressively. Just a kook fall. Like, I just fell the wrong Linden, way. Linden, I don't know what that means. Linden does for sure. <laughs> I totally do. Linden is face planted the sandbar. It actually hit the sandbar Not on face. his face. On my well, did he just say he doesn't know what that feels like? <laughs> I got fucked up. I, all my injuries are from surfing, except one time. I'm I'm broken everywhere, dude. Don't talk to me about. Hey, the show's not about you. I'm just giving you. I'm just e- easing your burden. So go ahead, here. go ahead. No, so I fell and I felt this little like, um, not a good feeling. Went numb down this side, and that was November of last year. And I'm like, oh, dude, this isn't good. And I immediately, like, atrophied, couldn't do a push-up, couldn't stand up on my board, obviously, couldn't do a burpee, couldn't paddle, and started acupuncture, hot Pilates, hot yoga, uh, neck decompression, where they're basically pulling your head away from your body. It's like traction. Massage, like, you name it. Like, I was going bonkers trying to get this fixed. Um... Nothing worked January when the waves got big. I got a text from the goat and, or maybe I texted him. I don't remember how Robert texting Robert. Yeah. And he's like, (laughs) (laughs) he's like, all right, I'm, you know, coming into town. I I think I texted him a video of a wave on Southside Seal. And, um, when I saw him, he's like, why are you in like clothes on a bike? And I'm like, I, Cause I can't, well, first of all, like I die if I was out at Southside Seal right now. Um, but I, I can't get up to my feet on a surfboard. So he said, do a water fast 
for five days. Um, and then he interrupted that with, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but also go into an ice bath as many times as you possibly can until you shake. Like I, it really is going to supercharge your circulation. So I, I told him I'm not going to do the water fast, but I'll try the, the ice bath and just fell in love with the damn thing. And yeah. it fixed me. Yeah. And then and, I, and it was like instantaneous practically. I, I don't want to say it that way, Leonard, cause like I was doing other, other things. Yeah. yeah like I, you're progressively yeah, getting I, better, but not at the yeah, rate that you like should have working out. I was, I was doing everything that you should do, um, to fix it, but this supercharged it. And so then I started, uh, researching how to buy an ice bath and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, the good ones, and you know, without yeah, like, the dude, the portable at ice, and and I don't know if I'm gonna continue to do this. Like, once I get better, am I gonna want to you know continue subjecting mm. myself to this? But I fell in love with it. My little sourcing mind um, got me into um, a couple of suppliers. My little crew at the warehouse, they're like, let's make a couple. So we you know we bought our first tub on. Wayfair and started like doctoring this thing up and then we you know kind of advanced to the point where we built a really um what I think is like a really good group of products that um are super effective freezing cold but not something that you would hide on your side yard like they they would be something that Jay Larson or Linden would be, you know, psyched to like have out next to their pool. And, and that was kind of like what ended up being like, not just a therapeutic, um, solution ended up being something that I thought was an aesthetic and, you know, therapeutic solution. Yeah. yeah. So Can we started. And you call that Santa Barbara ice bath dot com. Can so, I, can I ask where you're your photos on your website are from maybe one of her friends uh house <laughs> establishments you know where one of them's from <laughs> <laughs> i'm you know i'm just putting two together association people yeah. we know that have places up there but yeah, yeah one's looks, on haloma road uh-huh. looks yeah. amazing yeah one's in montecito yeah. <laughs> yeah the other one's like right on the mesa in santa barbara so <laughs> all santa barbara all santa barbara yeah, yeah. no seal beach yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, they you need, one, you need two in Huntington. Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we need two right here. Yeah. Right, that's what they, I'm saying. They look awesome, <laughs> but it it is it's you know I'm a I wouldn't believer. say it's it's trendy because it's been around for centuries about you know like icing and stuff, but it is yeah. trendy in retrospect to a business. You know, it's the it, it's but, super, but you're gonna get loyal. Your your people that have done it and committed reap the benefit and and the word of mouth is like that's the message what's crazy boys is like you take an advil how long does it take i don't even know like, i don't does even it like take a half an hour pills. or yeah, whatever bad, i hate pills, pills. pills. okay so bad. if you if you have to take an advil how long does it take i'm gonna guess that it takes a half an hour to kick in this takes three minutes like you jump in an ice bath it takes three minutes it's not comfortable yeah. no it's way easier to eat three advil but you jump in one of these things, you are fixed in three minutes. Yeah. It's super gnarly. And I thank yeah. the goat for yeah. 
Well, so, so, so I, I, another goat story. <laughs> I'm in Santa Barbara, and I, I, I service that area. I'm, I'm, I get up early. There's never waves up there. So I understand why you quit for three years while going to school because there's fucking no waves up there. <laughs> I miss traffic because I'm like either doing, you know. So I park right next to the skate park. And I'm then I am, I go for a run. You know, I'm like, fuck, I got all my shit in my car all the time. Yoga mat, whatever. I go for a run and I'm running and I get a tap on my shoulder. Like this is years ago. And I get a tap on my shoulder and I look, it's Benji Weatherly. And he's all so, he just got out of the water. And it's middle, this is middle of winter and it's like freezing. He's like, I thought that was you. I saw your van. I saw you running. And and I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? Benji Weatherly? Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, I got in a car accident. He got T-bone in his Prius when he was living up there. And he's all, yeah, Kelly's got me coming down. I got to go, I got to go in the water as much as I can. <laughs> No joke. That was his ice bath. <laughs> that was his ice bath. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm just jumping in the water like every morning, you well, know. Santa Barbara works for that. And he's all, yeah. I'm just out there like floating. I saw your van before I jumped in the water, and then I saw you running by, and hence the goat giving him some props on like because he had a not major injuries, but he had like some bad hips. Yeah. They got his well, car got told, and he's doing his ice bath. And now he was he was strict with me too. He was yeah. like, hey, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but this yeah. is going to work. Yeah. But it's but he's done that to other people like just yeah. brought up. I'm yeah. like, and, and he fixed me. Yeah. And I, I texted him. I'm like, dude, thank you. And yeah. by the way, I started a company doing this and he's like, holy cow, you know, or whatever he said. It's yeah. epic. That's amazing. And I told you my goat story on cold showers. Like he inspired me to take only cold showers. I never take, ever, ever, cold showers. That's you can't it. do the hot cold. I don't do any. Why? Well, I'll do the that? hot and cold if there's a sauna. Well, I I get my. But my... I never. And I told you, like I feel like it's helped me not procrastinate, and and it helps me like. Does it work with the gout? <laughs> I think so. But here's one thing though. What's crazy? Not crazy. <laughs> But um, I'm a dick, uh, Waco, but... right? Yeah. So last May, and you know how fucking have you surfed Waco? Unfortunately, yeah. Did you I, not like it? I loved it. I'm the worst. Like, so, so I did it. I, I destroyed three surfboards there. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. That's that sounds like what I would do. But no, I, I'm a super kook. Yeah. Got a lot of waves so and surfed a ton and was super sore. They have an ice bath there, right? Yeah. And the next day, like, the next hours, I, nothing. You're and back. I did it, you know, the two days we were there, yeah. never sore. So, yeah. and I'm an old ass man, so I should be sore. But the. Well, we saw it at the, at Kelly's event too. Yeah. It's. Those dudes were sitting there. Like, yeah. I mean. It, their butts off. It's the best. It, it, like I said, it's, it's something that's been proven over a long period of time and now they're making accessible you know to the the, to the home or office or business and you need to go to santabarbaraicebath.com and check it out because they have some really beautiful tubs i'm in i'm sold i'm gonna order one right now guy we're gonna have to wrap this up it's almost three hours oh gosh but okay have another drink have another ashton dude we're good shh um, who would have thought 
that Robert Colby, who I love, he calls me Robert. He he didn't he didn't start surfing until ten. Yeah, was, which is pretty late for for surfing, right? <laughs> kind of late. Nah, when did you start? That's, that's way later because I'm inland, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I didn't start till junior high. Between gymnastics and accordion uh, tutoring, it was hard to fit it in. <laughs> I'm just telling as a, I'm just saying. And yeah. you're far, you're inland. It was inland. It was, dude, it used to take me, I'll say this every fucking time. It, it, I would ride my bike to, to the beach. This is going to be a while. I'm going to open another Ashland. Two and a half hours, Robert Colby. <laughs> Two and a half hours it would take me from my house to Seal Beach Jetty. Gnarly. That's nuts. No, and dude, I was on a shitty 10 speed that had one break. Were you just like holding the board? Holding the board board with no fucking board rack. Into the wind, too. It sometimes into the wind. A lot of times. A lot of times. Yeah. But loved it. Uphill both ways. Loved it, bro. Definitely into the wind. Yeah. Loved every minute of it. But Lyndon fucking, Dude, fucking rips. Rip. He still rips. Side seal. Yeah. <laughs> for HB. I can't hey. believe I heard that from hey. you. That's so No, awesome. I was like, I was into Lyndon's. For, like, thank you, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. For years, you know, we've been doing this board riders club shit. And this guy, I'm like, do you, I wouldn't say you smoke, but you're like, you could smoke most everybody in her 50s and above. Like, Jay, most of the time. When I was a little kid. I'm all. He why aren't you doing the contest? Oh, I don't need to do the contest. I'm like, we need you to surf the contest. And he goes out and goes straight. Except the one time you got a 775. Or 777. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah, seven, <laughs> triple seven. Yeah. No, but... Lyndon and Joey The show's not about you boom. or me. Yeah. Just the show's about Robert of, Colby. It's fucking late night with Chalky with our guests. Yeah, it's about us. Come on, dude. <laughs> Colby Plus over here could sit back for a couple minutes and just listen to you tell us about... I don't need to talk about. All right, no. Talk about you. No, Uh, but the board riders. Oh yeah. Are you partaking on the Silby's team? No, because I suck. (laughs) I'm so bad. Yeah, we have guys like Chad Wells and Tim Stamps and Chaz Wickwire, who's paddling around everybody. Yeah, we're like really good still. Put Chaz out first because he's Um, gonna freaking screw. I gotta say, I'm terrible compared to those guys. Mikey Riley, like. Yeah, but he's in the 40s. Simmons is in the 40s. I think Mikey might be creeping no. up on me. No, he's a year what, or two What younger. a great like talent pool, too, of, a, of a, Seal Beach. We had a fun little crew. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it's about. Like Again, everybody wants to win, but it's about the community and the bonding and the events and the fundraisings and all the cool things that they do within the community. Hanging out at Mahe, doing your guys' like, award ceremonies and shit. Like, it's that's such a epic. neat... It's, it's so cool what Casey and Ziggy... And, and Chris Marino uh, and Chris built yeah. like yeah. it's so freaking cool um, we love it yeah and, we do and love it it's the best family thank god they day. did it and I, I miss Casey terribly but like dude what a rad legacy yeah awesome yeah. and I, I I'm so stoked that it's spread across the country totally you know? and it, the, the fact that it never existed is so weird well like, it's weird cause like there's been semblances of it that, that I've you know heard from the older dudes like Dwight Dunn. They tried to get it. Used yeah. to be like yeah. clubs, but it never got organized. And 
You know when I mean? lived in Australia, that was our thing. I that was, was the thing. It yeah. was like Shell Harbor board riders and Warilla board riders. Mm. I remember those events. They were big deals, and it was young and old alike. Yeah. yeah. And there were fun things that were happening on the beach, and there were fun things that happened after night. Yeah. Or excuse me, after the event, and it, I don't know. I Dude, think it's I think rad that we're doing this. Now. It's insane to show up at some of these events and see Matt Archibald. Pat O'Connell. Yeah. You know? Taylor Knox. Ro- like, yeah. Taylor Knox. Rob Machado. I, yeah. It's the gnarliest of the gnarly. Rufo is running the Santa, Santa yeah. Rufo. I mean, Santa. yeah. I, I think it's the coolest thing in the world. It's fucking yeah. crazy. And I, and, I, and I truly believe our next generation that we pass this torch down, the Board Riders Club 2, is like, once the city see how beneficial it is and how that competition and like, Hey, we got the lifeguard headquarters or the junior lifeguard headquarters. There needs to be a board riders headquarters on every beach, whether you share with the lifeguards at certain times or whatever. But that'd be cool. Wh- why wouldn't yeah. Why wouldn't they invest in a community center that is, you know, essentially like giving a place to go for these like young generation of kids? And I, I'm, I'm tell you right now, if I win the lottery or I do something and make a lot of money, I'm building a freaking board riders club on our freaking beach. Yeah. One, another. I like the apartments in Huntington Beach right there. Yeah. I want you to buy that and then just turn that into <laughs> Dude, JLR Beach Club. Me. Dude, you hey, kidding me? I'll put a wave pool right there, too. Shout out to Danny Kwok Family Foundation. Yes. They, they, uh, they jumped on it right away. They jumped on it and uh, they the, do a scholarship fund. Well, that, too. Yeah. Uh, and New Earth Project. New and, Earth. Yeah, everything. And U.S. Board Riders. But, um, but yeah, like, and I wanted to, like, Seal Beach is, I want to give a shout out to the, the younger generation that I met, uh, at Waco. Yeah. Cruz Malloy. I don't know him. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Little Ripper. Yeah. Like, I'm psyched that, uh. Is he one of Chaz's little guys? He's one of Chaz's little guys. Yeah. I'm pissed because Simpo took him for Hurley, too. Oh, um, wow. But there's some, some good talent, you know. Well, it's a sleepy little beach. town with such rich surf roots and, and, and passion. And, and there's so many rippers that came out of there, you know. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Did you surf Hurricane Swell or no? No. 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 When's the last time you surfed, Mr. Colby? I surf Surfside. Uh, am I supposed to say that? Um, like, probably a week ago. What do you yeah. ride? Uh, I've got a Chaz that I love. I've got a Stampy that I love. Um, what model uh, Chaz? He made me some crazy carbon fiber thing that really goes. Um, yeah, super. Like, the thing's lively. California um, man. Is it a groveler or is it a... Everything I ride <laughs> is a groveler. Isn't that all we ride, you guys? Like, um, it's pretty yeah, sad. Yeah, but, but then, like, Stampy, I have a... A, a little group of stampies that I just absolutely love too. Dude. Yeah. Spark plug. I just I don't know. I was lucky. Do you have to a spark meet... plug? Are you the one that introduced me to the spark plug? No, I was the um, what was it called? The stump grinder. That was my thing. I think you might introduce. And then Micah the... was really into it. And... I think you introduced me to the spark plug. I, maybe. Yeah. And that was like I don't know, fucking a long time ago, but. Dude, that is like the best California Huntington Beach surfboard I've ever. I think the both spark those, plug. Both the those guys plug. make 
I mean, all these guys that we know, like, make boards. That and, that, just, and that's what we preach. We've had so many yeah. good shapers Doc, on, on, on yeah. the, the podcast. And support your local surf shop. Support your local shaper. You know, support your local retailers. Like, it this, is about, like... So this is something that I want to talk to you guys about. Um, and we can, again, delete this, but... My, my, no, but my, my big, like, one of the things that really pissed me off was O'Neill rep or Rip Curl rep or Quicksilver rep or you name it rep would, would show up to Tim's place and they'd give them a free wetsuit. They'd get their board for nothing, basically. And Tim would do all the hard work. Um, what we're going to do here is a shaper program with the wetsuit company where it's like, Okay, Tim's going to have his own little code where if Lyndon comes in, he gets a little card that gets him 10% off. Tim gets a 10% commission. Nice. For the life of Colby Plus's relationship with Lyndon, Tim's going to get a commission on whatever Lyndon orders. You get it your first time, but every time you order from there on, Tim still gets his 10%. Still gets his 10%. Which again... And I just want to support these guys that like work their butts off to make yeah. these good boards. But that... Because yeah. they that, don't make a lot of money doing what they love. No, and, but yep. that that's his telemarketing... I'm telling you, everything's <laughs> full circle. And I'm... No, this isn't funny, but it's like... This isn't funny. No, it <laughs> is. Totally, totally hilarious. Yeah, I worked there for one day. <laughs> no, but it's the mindset of that and closing that, that first deal is the hardest thing to do in, in sales. You know, getting that relationship, closing the deal, but you're going to reward the shapers because of how important they are. You close that deal with that consumer that's coming through you and supporting you, whatever, then they're going to get the proceeds for. I want the shaper to make the money on the proceeds of these things. Uh, Not the, um, sorry, Lyndon, but I want the shaper to make the proceeds. You know, that's their direct customer. And I want, I want it to be a new income stream for Tim, for example, yeah. or Chaz, or you know whoever, Dennis Jarvis. You know, yeah. Fill in the fill in the blank. It's epic, you know. Support. Not that Jarv needs any more money, but. <laughs> yeah, we're all here. We all have a number. Yeah. My, I'm far away from my. My out. <laughs> my retirement. I, I don't have an out. <laughs> yeah, there's a good chance we'll be talking in like 30 years. And, yeah. yeah, doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you want to live in California? You got three kids. All right, you're working till 80. Fuck. I love California though. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right. surfing. You guys are the best. Uh, seriously, this is epic. Dude, Colby Plus yeah. uh, out in two weeks. For the bags. Yeah. It's out now. Pre-order, yeah, bitch. Pre-orders are pre-order. now. Yeah, freaking yeah. Colby Plus. So is it ColbyPlus.com? Uh, ColbyPlus.com, all spelled out. Yeah. yeah. Is it P-L-U-S? Yeah. Okay. But on the branding, on the product, it's just the yeah. plus. But yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it depends on it, which product it yeah. is. But. Yeah. It, we, you know... Dude, we, this we is love, so much fun. Yeah. yeah, we love like having... Entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, our friends, friends learning about our friends and, and family businesses. Yeah, starting small. Well, yeah. that's what we're doing. Doing it. <laughs> I mean, this, hey, I've totally forgot. I, it's I'm going to talk more about myself, but it's because of this guy. 
When I started my coffee company, this guy, I want your coffee in our buildings. This guy freaking hooked me up and said, Lifted hey. you up. Yeah. Like, we got to, let's Groundswell start. Groundswell coffee. Let, yeah, Groundswell. Yeah. Let's start at a little incubation, you know, under the radar, comp, you know, uh, office in Costa Mesa. I was doing the Ruka building, a couple others. And he's like, yeah, I think we need it at our main buildings, too, in Huntington. Yeah. I was fucking stoked, man. That was epic. To, well, no, you know, you're my friend. Give me, and that's yeah. What we do. yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, hey, I'm starting coffee. I didn't even think about, you know, like the potential of. I think we were in building. like Nicaragua or wherever we were. No, where the heck was that? Uh, we were in mainland Mex. Yeah, yeah, and swimming, yeah. swimming around with sharks. Yeah, yeah, dude, we scored. You know? It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. We got to talk other sort of stories. We didn't even talk about. The tra- other travels outside of Australia, uh, surf, no, waves, no, 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 no. travel, <laughs> yeah, Tavaroa just going over the handlebars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you for listening. Check out Santa Barbara Ice Bath. Check out Colby Plus, and uh, congrats on your success. And we're gonna have you back again soon. Love you, boys. Yeah. Love ya. <laughs> uh, we wanted to give a shout out to our sponsors, Bonsai Bowls. Bonsai, live life in the bowl. Live Woo! life in the bowl. They got seven locations. Seven locations. Four, five in California, two in Hawaii. Correct, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not good at math. You the are best. Main the best. Street, uh, Huntington Beach. Main Street. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. 17th Street. So when you go to Bend post up on North Side in Costa Mesa. Yep. Um, and also, we wanted to give a shout out to Neon Wave. Uh, they're gonna start carrying late night with chalky hats and giving giving them away as a gift with purchase for everybody that spends at least fifty dollars or more, and they have to use the uh, promo code late night. What? Yeah. Yeah. Talking about it's not about me, dude. It's not about you, but it is. <laughs> right. Late night. Yeah. You want a code? It's not um, chalky. So it's go about late to, night. This is neonwave.com. They got all your best surf lifestyle, like, you know, beach gear. Yeah. But, uh, dude, thank no. you. No. Oh. What are you talking about? Earth Pack. Yeah. Earth Pack. Hey, one Dave of your Bach. early. Yeah, Dave Bach, but one of your early sponsors. Yep. Harbor Surfboards. Yep. Thank you. But they make all kinds of uh, recycled products, bags, packaging, and all stickers. Your packaging needs. Yep. Earthpack Earth Pack. is wonderful and run by a, a dude who built this thing on sustainability, which, you know what, didn't exist when he started the thing. No kidding, right? Yeah, right. Did not. And he's a surfer. Yep. And a great golfer. And a great yeah. golfer. And a pain in the ass to play golf with. Yeah. No, I love him though. <laughs> hey, hey, support local businesses. Uh, Caballero Pools, Pools and Spas, spas. Yep. dude. If you want to get awesome. your backyard dialed, yep. pool. Or a spa, or just some like landscape, yep. Caballero, pools, and spas. I love yeah. yeah. Thanks for the time. Yes. Yeah. Thank Peace. You. Awesome. Bonsai Bowls, hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bowls, go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill, clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for
for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams, for our awesome artwork, and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.